Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag three, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over departure. <laughs> hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas! Oh my God! Santa! I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. I'm terribly sorry, sir, but I'm afraid you're mistaken. One, two, ten! <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Some people listen to the show. You have to cue them audibly. Listen, I I can't be pregnant anymore. Well, I can't do this anymore. I I can't. Merry I, Christmas! I, you get a baby soon. The greatest gift of them all. Oh yeah, it just falls into my lap. <sighs> Welcome to a special enthused Saturday night show. I wish I had happy stories to uh, set the mood for the season. Unfortunately, not. But at least it's more festive for a few more days. Uh, I hope you're not flying for Christmas, though, because you might be seated next to a cartel guy or an ISIS guy or the worst of all, an obese guy without any elbow discipline. And God knows TSA won't do anything about that. Uh, But that's right. Unvetted illegal immigrants appear to be flying all around uh, all throughout the skies this Christmas. Perhaps one will fall right down your chimney instead (laughs) of Santa Claus. Or at least that is the accusation. The evidence is building, though. Uh, we can't handle them at the border anymore, not that we have any time recently, so we're just flying them commercial into the interior. But don't worry, we gave them court dates to show up next decade, and that's not actually an exaggeration. There's proof of these people getting <laughs> getting court summons or a notice to appear in 2030 yep. and beyond. I'm sure, awesome. I'm sure they'll be there. Uh, so we'll discuss all that, plus Jack Smith, the special counsel in Trump's January 6th case, He is rejected by the Supreme Court in his bid to expedite the decision on whether Trump is immune from prosecution in that case or not. Uh, This means, at least in this case, Trump will likely not be convicted before the election, although Trump has all sorts of legal jeopardy pending elsewhere. Also, after the Supreme Court decides in a very silly decision that Trump is banned from the state's ballots for the, uh, the upcoming primary, Other states are now moving to ban Biden on similar grounds. So I'm I'm hoping 2024 is just a banned war between whoever's the least banned by the end of it becomes president. We need to shake it up a bit. It would be far less of a sham, I think. So that if we we shook things up a bit. No, just if it was a ban war, you know, instead of like voting, it's just which president is the least banned. 
Oh yeah, I well, mean maybe the most <clears throat> banned. I don't. However, you want to decide it. Leftists fail to realize that any precedent they set, I'll just we'll find ways to use against them in future. So well, that's the problem. Is we never find ways to use it against them, and that's why you know I'm not. I I try not to be the like eye for an eye, fight fire with fire guy. At this point, you know it's. <laughs> It's either fight fire with fire or they're burning you at the stake. So uh, yeah. if, if, if you admit or uh, I was going to say, if you if, if you want some semblance of a country to save, you got to stop this stuff by fighting it with the same tactics. Maybe you don't want some semblance of a country to save, though. Maybe it's beyond I, I don't, beyond yeah. repair. Then I know that's I know you're looking shocked because that sounds a little bit out of character. But this is so far beyond just the kind of cheap stuff that that they sometimes use. I mean, this is. This stuff trying to disqualify Trump from the ballot is is at the core of what our philosophy of government is. It, this is elites telling you who you are and are not allowed to vote for, while also telling you that they're the ones protecting democracy. Yeah, it's completely it's disgraceful. Insane. But they're telling us what I've been saying for years, which is that voting is a sham and it doesn't matter. And people are still like, ooh, my right to vote. It's like, well, it's not going to help you. Yeah, maybe the illusion is that they've done anything at all. Whether they tell yeah. you you can vote for this person or not is maybe less significant than I'm giving it credit for. Before we get out of here, hoax hate, of course. And tonight's movie review is the Long Kiss Goodnight. So stick around. We will Ew. catch up. <laughs> you can't give away your opinion. We have to. Why? I hated it. We have to give, okay, well, tune in later for the hate. I'll keep my <laughs> opinion mysterious. No, I won't, because you can go over to my website and look at it right now if you want. Um, we'll catch up with your super chats as well in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low-down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is Matt Christensen Media. Dot com listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational so if you enjoy the show please consider supporting the show we also have show merchandise for sale on the site plus we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well you know our friends at hero soap company would appreciate it if you wouldn't facepalm their product like that it's not that oh i should tell the audience that i have been having terrible contractions for the last who am I joking? Two weeks. Two weeks I've been having contractions already. And and the last few days they're they are just getting worse and worse. So th- there's gonna be there are gonna be some contractions. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Shut up! Silly woman. You have no idea what this is like. Okay. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company, reminding you to pick up a fresh bar of ball tingly timberline soap. Sometimes being a man means doing a little more than what's expected of you. <laughs> Even if that means taking yourself to It might the work end for contractions too, I don't know. But every man needs something at the end of the day to remind him that his work's worthwhile. That's why every man should be using Timberline from Hero Soap Company. It's a frosty pine soap where the forest meets the peaks. A woodsy scent with extra menthol for a high-altitude cooling effect. Giving your balls the best tingle this way west of Yellowstone. So try Timberline today and treat yourself to the refreshing ball tingling you deserve. Timberline. 
from Hero Soap Company. Oh, geez. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only can you subscribe and get soap straight to your door each month, but now you can get our signature soaps designed by both of us as well. Try Blonde Signature Soap Oat Plus Almond. It's a gentle exfoliation of of oatmeal with a premium almond fragrance. Or, of course, you can try my two offerings. Timberline is a frosty pine experience where the forest meets the peaks, as you just heard. Or, of course, you can uh, you can try Old West, the scent of sweet leather and oak barrels ready to bust open the saloon doors. And both of those are now available for monthly subscription, too. I asked what about blonde soap, and apparently your ingredients are too exotic, so they can't do the monthly subscriptions on yours yet. Something about the, alm- the almond fragrance is so elite that it can't be guaranteed monthly. I had to have that. It was like the only thing where I'm like, oh, you're going to do this. But it might be the availability of oat plus almond monthly might be coming soon. And I'm also told that Old West shampoo and conditioner is coming soon. But of course, you can try any of Hero Soaps. Uh, you can try our signature soaps or any of Hero Soaps' other excellent offerings available uh, in, well, they have shampoo and conditioner. They also have bar uh, soaps as well. Use promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off all Hero Soap comp- uh Hero Soap Company products, rather, 10% off our signature soaps, Oat Plus Almond, Timberline, and Old West, or any other products from Hero Soap Company. Using promo code MCLISTENER, find uh, everything you need from our friends at Hero Soap, plus other great offerings from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners. Four listeners, a couple pieces of housekeeping. Uh, of course, we're doing a special Saturday night show because uh, tomorrow, Sunday, is Christmas Eve. Likewise, next Sunday is New Year's Eve. So we'll be right, we'll be, uh, right back here next Saturday night, 9 Eastern as well, with another special Saturday show. Back to normal Sunday schedule on January 7th. Blonde could have a child any time in that time frame, uh, but uh, we'll we'll have the production carry on because my friend Frank from Quite Frankly has agreed to fill in again. So we appreciate oh, thank you, Frank. his that efforts there. So Otherwise, I'd have to force Blonde to stream live from the hospital room, and I don't know if she would do that. I would slit your throat. Uh, absolutely not. I would do no such thing. Uh, a reminder, oh. we also have two more weeks left of the Tower of Babel giveaway. Uh, that's running till the end of December here. So those who send us the most clever or funniest super chats will be entered into a drawing to receive a free Eden Tower hydroponics kit from Hope Innovations, a listener owned business. Uh, of course, the kit is worth over a thousand bucks. So if you send us a, a super chat this week or next week and you hear this sounder. <laughs> oh, my God, that is funny. Or if you hear young Emmeline. You are entered to win. The winner will be drawn in early January. But a reminder, if you want to win, if you if your chat gets selected by either of those sounders, I need your email address so that I can contact you if you win. So if you have a selected chat, please head on to the giveaway page on my website, linked on the homepage, or of course, you can go to mattchristensenmedia.com slash giveaway. Just enter those two pieces of information there. Your super chat username, your email address. I'm not going to sell your information. I won't share it. I just need it to contact you if you win, since I can't do that directly through super chat. And if you'd like to learn more about the giveaway or learn more about this hydroponics kit, or perhaps buy a hydroponics kit with a discount of 200 bucks off, you can get all of that information on the giveaway page of my website too, mattchristiansandmedia.com slash giveaway, or just find it linked on the homepage. 
uh, on Wednesday, uh, well, I will have a Wednesday stream this week, uh, the 27th between Christmas and New Year's. And this week uh, over on the Matt Christensen Hour on Tenant Media, you can also find it linked on my homepage as well, uh, mattchristensenmedia.com. Uh, this week, my guest will be criminal memester Douglas Mackey, the man facing no a, a seven-month cool. federal prison sentence for his 2016 Twitter memes. Uh, those memes, of course, encouraging Hillary voters to vote by text or tweet. We've discussed that uh, case a few times. And then this past Wednesday, I had Owen Schroyer, the InfoWars Info host, who himself is fresh out of federal prison. So if you I'm need some... Though. Oh, it was great. It was good to catch up with Owen again. And um, as I oh. mentioned, I, I just... I'm glad to see that his spirit is very much alive. He's he's rejuvenated. He's motivated. He's positive. It did not break him. If anything, it made him stronger in his convictions, which is really cool. Uh, so if you'd like some listening material for your holiday travels, all of that is available on the Matt Christensen Hour, my Wednesday night show on Tenet Media. You can head on over to my website to find it right there on the homepage, mattchristensenmedia.com. Okay, moving into some news and stories. It is always fun to watch gender delusions broken by reality. This was great. This made my week. It, I, I would rank it a tier below Moldylocks getting punched in the face by the actual patriarchy. But there was something more charming and endearing about realizing it in, a, I would say, a, a more healthy way this way. And I think this submission is, is excellent on account of that. I'm not clear the source so I don't know this young lady's she account. She posted it to TikTok, didn't she? I, yeah, I don't know her account or I don't know the exact context oh, of all gotcha. of that. But she looks like a woman who's in her mid-20s. She lives in Los Angeles by her own description. And she's describing her typical experience of dating guys and girls, apparently. I think she says in the clip. She says every time she goes on a date, it becomes a negotiation for who's paying for what. Well, mm-hmm. recently... She went outside of her comfort zone and she dated a guy who's not her usual type, a real Chad bro who actually paid for stuff. And she says it activated something feral in her. Guys, I went on a date this week and I felt I felt the feminism leaving my body. I live on the east side of L.A. And if you don't know what that means, it's sort of like the artsier part of L.A. You know, it's it's people say it's like Brooklyn and New York. Like, So I go on dates with a lot of men and women who, you know, live over here. There's always a negotiation about who pays. And that's great. I like to pay for people, all that. But what I will say is that I sort of fell into going on a date with the most guys guy I've ever been on a date with. And he's from West West, you know, Santa Monica. He's a bro, right? A guys guy is usually not my type. Like I cannot remember the last time that I went on a date with like a straight bros bro. You know what I'm saying? But it befell me. It befell me in an organic fashion. So I'm on this date with this guy. And the thing about a guys guy is he's putting his card down. He's paying for everything. And I really just, it sort of activated something feral in me. I'm not going to lie. He went to like another bar and he went, he was going to go to the bathroom. So I was getting prepared to pay for our drinks because he's been paying all night. Of course, I'm going to pay for the next round. But as he's going to leave for the bathroom, he turns to me and he hands me his credit card and he goes, here's my card. Get us whatever. (laughs) It might be time for me to get away from all these, you know, liberal snowflakes on the east side yeah yeah this is just a testimony to the theory that lesbians are not real uh yes not a lesbian she just i don't want to say what i'm thinking (laughs) she she's been 
She's had it beaten into her, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, wh- you, why is it so surprising to people? Has she never been on a date with a guy like that before? Living in that part of L.A.? Perhaps not. <clears throat> Uh, obviously I think to the point that you're making women don't pretend you're attracted to anything else. You know the truth of what she's saying, but there's a lesson for young men there too. It doesn't matter if a woman says she wants to split the bill. She does not want to split the bill. (laughs) Always pay the bill. If you don't have the money to pay the bill, work harder and save until you have the money to pay the bill. Yeah, I've I've heard from female friends before. Oh, I went on a date with this guy. It seemed like he was into me, but then he he split the bill and that was very confusing. It confuses your intent even. And if the chick that you're on a date with is actually mad because you paid the bill, that's a great indicator. She's the wrong woman. So it's a good test. Yeah, <laughs> uh, too. And, and the, the question is why? And there's an obvious reason why women have a natural inclination to seek a strong provider. A strong provider enables her to care for her children. Likewise, men have a strong inclination to provide. By providing for his wife, a man enables her to care for for his children. So a man providing for a woman is the arrangement that naturally satisfies both, uh, both in almost all contexts. Exceptions are rare. Hashtag not all. But denial of the rule is a delusion. And, uh, And it's fun to see someone realize that. Was did you ever go on any dates where surprised. where a guy split with you or wanted to split? So many, yeah. And so th- was that like a deal breaker type thing for you, or how did you handle that? I don't know. I mean, I've accepted some baseline level of egalitarianism even in my marriage, so I would I would say no, that wasn't a deal breaker for me. But I was making pretty good money. Hmm. All right. It should have been. I'm just, I, 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 it should have been. I'm having a hard time imagining you on a date and the guy wanting to split <clears throat> and you not being repulsed, but apparently that's happened. Yeah. Yeah, All that right. has happened. Must have been rough times, I guess. Really was. Well, last week we talked for a painfully long time about the video of uh, gay butt sex in the Senate hearing room. I know. And then again, we have to, how many times is Skag going to say butt sex? You have to say it fewer times than you said last week or that, i'm gonna quit I that quit. will be quit easy uh, and when i say we i mean me because most of the discussion of senate bot sex was was certainly me of course we mentioned the fact that 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 episode was uh that uh, that episode of that particular conduct was not as shocking as it should be degeneracy of all sorts is commonplace in dc so there's probably more of this than we realize well it's another week so now there's more news of more congressional gay butt sex tapes. It's now reported that last year, a congressional staffer for the office of Republican Congressman Dan Newhouse was investigated for allegedly filming gay sex acts inside the Capitol. In fact, this person, this staffer of his was under investigation for filming two different videos. One allegedly shows the male staffer servicing himself. So I guess that's not technically a gay sex video. Although I guess There are ways to make that gay. Maybe he did. That was in a house office building. The other allegedly shows the same uh, staffer having sex with another man in a different office setting. Oh my God. Why do we have to talk about this? This is because this is important congressional business. These videos are alleged to have been posted to Snapchat, which 
I, my, I didn't know that you could post straight up porn on Snapchat or maybe he censored it. What do you in think Snapchat way? is for? I don't use it anymore. I, I tapped out in like 2014 when all my dumb friends sent me pictures of their breakfast and the, the shits that they took afterward. It's like this is not. It's for well, sending pictures of your balls and your shits. Yeah, I don't I don't need to see any more pictures of my friends dumps. So I'm out. Were any of them really like, notable? Uh, no, no, no. They were just people trying to gross me out. <laughs> Newhouse's office says the investigation found no evidence of the allegation. The staffer was not fired, but he did leave his job later last year. I'm not sure how they can say there's no proof if, in fact, there's video. And according to this report in the Post Millennial, the videos have identifiable markings of the house office building, including the carpet and furniture. Maybe they just weren't able to definitively connect that account to that staffer or something like that. Maybe that's why they say insufficient evidence. Even though it seems like the point is, even though it seems like we're a a divided country, you know, we can't come together on anything. Just remember, Republicans and Democrats agree on plenty like gay sex on your dime and then denying that they did anything uh, wrong or that there is anything wrong with that at all. So, you know, we do have something to to come together on this this Christmas, which is always incredible. This country. Rare European mass shooting. Is it, yeah, uh, do I pronounce yeah. it Prague? Prague. Okay. That's uh, the, the Prague in the Czech Republic. What's, uh, what, what happened with this dude going to a college and shooting the place up? Sounds like a real psycho. Killed 14 people from a balcony of this uh, University of Prague on Thursday. Um, and then when police were closing in on him, he shot himself, fell off the roof. So he uh, fell off after he shot himself. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that part. That's, do we know how far that body fell? Like from this There's top balcony up here? It was the top balcony, yeah. That's brutal. Holy cow. Gets worse. Not only did this guy kill 14 people before he went on this rampage, he killed his father. And so his the, uh, the body of his father was found in the basement of their home with homemade bombs, or at least one homemade bomb. Um, <clears throat> and then a week ago, he was walking through random Prague woods and killed a father and his two month old daughter that was in a stroller shot the two, two month old shot. Just unlucky bystanders. No connection yeah. to him. Just mm-hmm. dad and baby They were investigating that. And then they found one of his um, eight guns did match the description. I think actually the one that he used okay. um, in the shooting matched the ballistics of, um, of the double homicide. So yeah, he was 24. His name was David Kozak. People said he had a history of psychological problems. He was due to speak at the university that day. He was a history student, a master's student. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was just, just absolutely psychotic behavior. Of course, they're turning this into a gun issue because his firearm was owned legally and he owned eight weapons legally. But I don't know how you could possibly... He had no priors. What are you supposed to do about people with no priors? It just banned guns entirely, which is mm-hmm. what a lot of these college kids are calling for now. You know, they're saying that, that the Czech Republic has the most permissive gun laws in Europe. Like, yeah. What the fuck is that? I was looking into it because uh, I was curious. But one, the other thing we were trying to figure out is, um, oh, where's, where's, oh, here's the image. Sorry. Um, what the hell gun did he use? Nobody's reporting exactly what the firearm was. You can see in some video of him atop that balcony. It definitely it, had optics on it, and it was a rifle. He's got, know. yeah, I mean, he's got an optic on it. There's a bipod. It looks like some sort of semi-auto rifle. Could be an AR platform. I don't know. From the, It's just too hard to tell. But nobody's saying what the gun is, which is sort of weird. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I was digging into um, 
to the story to figure out because I assumed like European country got to have strict gun laws. What the hell happened here? Czech Republic, apparently not, at least according to the New York Times reporting, they say that uh, that the constitutional protection of the right to bear arms and self-defense in the Czech Constitution is the closest equivalent Europe has to the Second Amendment in the United States. Oh, that's great. And uh, this was apparently after some recent legal maneuvering to give it constitutional protection in 2021, although it also said it had some protection since 1991. So I don't know the exact history, but... A bottom line is the Czech Republic actually does protect your rights in a way that a lot of European uh, countries do not. Now, this story also mentions that these um, that these college kids are calling for the you know, the ban of of weapons entirely, except for by armed security services, which of course isn't going to happen because of this constitutional protection. But as far as how you actually own guns in the Czech Republic, uh, gun owners are required to obtain a government license to own guns. But hundreds of thousands of checks do. So my understanding is you get this license and then you're you're enabled to buy buy guns that appear to be regulated on somewhat of a similar basis to, say, freer states in the United States. Like mm-hmm. if you have that license, you can get a semi-auto, you can get an AR, you can get 30 round mags. I might be misunderstanding. So if anyone's in the Czech Republic or knows Czech gun laws, feel free to correct me. But that's my understanding of how this works. And then you have to register those weapons with the government, too. That would be the other distinguishing factor. But based on that, there's right. there's a knowledge of how many guns there actually are, at least legally owned. Czech population is about 10.7 million. There are 300,000 people with gun ownership licenses, and many, if not most, of those people own multiple guns. In total, there are about a million legally declared and owned guns in the Czech Republic. So that's a lot. I mean, that's uh, there's there's one gun for every 10 people in the Czech Republic legally owned. And presumably there are more illegally owned ones. But in the New York Times reporting, unlike the United States, mass shootings in the Czech Republic are extremely rare. There have only been two in recent decades. And guns are generally associated in most people, uh, most people's minds, not with violent crime, but with hunting, sport and liberties enjoyed since the collapse of the communist regime imposed by Moscow after World War II. So again, if my understanding is correct, anybody can can get this license. Once you get this license, you are permitted to own scary semi-auto rifles like the AR-15. If you get that particular license, it, it sounds like this kid did that to the extent that they're... Yeah. I say kid, he's 24. They were legal, yeah. Um, sounds like he got that, that gun license because they're saying he legally owned all his guns. Hundreds of thousands of people do the same, yet mass shootings are rare. And I'm just mm-hmm. curious why the activists would say that they're rare or even activists in this country. If the population still has assault weapons in the hundreds of thousands, why aren't mass shootings as common in the Czech Republic as they are in the United States? Now I'm asking that rhetorically sort of granting their premise. I'm not even convinced that they are more rare in the Czech Republic than they are in the United States, depending on how you define your terms in in accounting for this data, you can do a lot of tricks. But but if we're going to accept the premise that mass shootings are rare in the Czech Republic and common in the United States with something of a similar landscape, although the Czech Republic's a little more restrictive, why? How could that be? If people can own these guns, why aren't they shooting up the place all the time? Yep, totally. I don't hear anybody really answering that question. Just just ban the guns. And then you mentioned it too. I, I love <laughs> I love the uh, the headline. Lone gunman in Czech mass shooting had no record and slipped through the cracks despite owning eight guns. <laughs> he had no record, so who cares? 
Um, yeah, it's not like he would care about illegally owning a weapon. He shot a baby. So yeah. And and I'm sitting here thinking eight guns is a red flag. How many red flags do I have? Yeah, uh, not really. If you don't own eight guns, I don't want anything <laughs> to do with you. You're not my friend. You need to yeah. step up your game. Uh, but yeah. What are we I, even going to do when society collapses if you don't own at least? That, that's not even enough guns. for your neighbors, dude. I know. Anyway, on the topic of uh, of gun control, um, this week I posted uh a video about this hilarious gun control group called uh, new or it's in New Mexico. They're called new Mexicans to prevent gun violence, new Mexicans to prevent gun violence, very likely broke the very background check law. They themselves helped write in New Mexico and, and pass in 2019. They have been holding these gun buybacks across the state with the help of law enforcement. You give them guns that you don't want. They give you a gift card and they work with law enforcement to destroy the guns. That's the way that program works. Except in the city of Farmington last weekend, the event was canceled by the city, meaning the city and its uh, police force were not participating in the event. But the group did the event anyway, and they took possession of nine (laughs) guns from the town. But if you take possession of those guns, that's now a private individual to private individual gun transfer. That's not private individual to law enforcement. And so the law in New Mexico now says you have to conduct that transfer with a background check through a federally licensed dealer. They didn't do that. So they're getting a lot of heat on Twitter and elsewhere right now. And they're saying, oh, no, there was no transfer because they destroyed the guns before they took possession of them and removed them from these people's homes. Problem is, according to their own picture, they cut the guns once through the receivers. The ATF says you need to cut a rifle or a shotgun three times for the gun to be destroyed or no longer legally considered a gun. So the sheriff in San Juan County is now investigating. Again, I posted a video with all the details of this hilariously ironic story on on Wednesday. You can find it on my website, mattchristensenmedia.com. TLDR, uh, a gun group, a gun control group in New Mexico, ironically broke their own law while trying to do their gun grabbing. But the reason I return to the story is because they're still at it. They won't stop. They just, they keep denying that they've done anything and they're still posting incriminating things. Yeah, they they, one apparently what they do with their quote unquote destroyed guns that aren't really destroyed is they take them to a high school shop class or some there's some allegation that they take them to schools, but they also like to build things out of these guns. They don't just crush them down and you know I don't know convert them to scrap metal or something. They they actually build things with them. They posted yesterday a picture of a xylophone that they built or someone who they work with built with the guns that they've collected from. Their various buybacks. Now you'll notice that AK receiver on the left-hand side of this xylophone. That's still intact. They didn't even saw the receiver in that case. It, it now appears to have a sawed-off barrel. Granted, there's no <laughs> stock on it, but assuming that AK was previously a rifle, maybe not, but pretty good chance it was. If they chopped that barrel, that is now a short-barreled rifle under federal law. If they didn't register it with the, and get their tax stamp. Uh, That is a federal felony. And this in combination with what looks like a whole bunch of um, of short barrels sitting around with a bunch of other gun parts that don't look to be properly destroyed. I mean, that could be construed as constructive intent by the ATF. In other words, if you have you might not be in possession of a short barreled shotgun or rifle or other restricted item, 
if you have the parts laying around in an easily assemb- uh, assemblable, easy, a way that could be easily assembled, they'll call that constructive intent and still go after you for that. Bottom line, this group needs to be correshed. Stuff like this is, <laughs> is why Vicky Weaver got sniped. Got to yeah. give him the old Waco right now. Yeah. But it, it's it's amazing. I, either this group has no lawyers or they just don't care. They think they're on the good guy team and they're immune because this is pretty blatant stuff that they're posting. And, uh, if, you know, if you, if you were, if you were posting this stuff from a cabin in North Idaho, you're dead already. Yeah, totally. So they're playing a dangerous game or maybe not. Maybe they know that the ATF's not coming after them because they're on the good guy team. Well, as I mentioned, uh, I really feel for you if you have Christmas travel plans by plane and not just because of the typical airline nonsense, because now your flight might be full of completely unvetted and unidentified illegal aliens. Uh, but then again, assuming that this is now becoming common practice, we're all going to be living right next to completely unvetted and unidentified illegal aliens very soon. So there's probably not much difference, even if you are on the Christmas plane full of illegals. But this story started breaking on Monday. Uh, Ashley St. Clair was leaving Amfest, the turning point event in Phoenix. So she's going through the, the Phoenix airport to get back home to New York. And she posts a video showing who she says are dozens of illegal immigrants boarding her plane. According to her, many in premium seats. I'm at the Phoenix airport right now. I'm waiting to board my flight to New York, uh, to JFK. And it looks like we have a whole lot of migrants who are also boarding this flight that the U.S. taxpayers are paying for. This is what the U.S. taxpayers are paying for right here. Premium seats on Delta that they have people coming here we're paying for this, shipping them out to New York City, because guess what? Everywhere else is at capacity. So they have these sanctuary cities like New York that they're now shipping these migrants to that we're all paying for. Okay. When she says um, taxpayer funded there, I think she means funded through these nonprofits that are believed to be facilitating this stuff. Hmm. Uh, these nonprofits at the border, they often get government grants. As far as I understand, it's not as simple as, say, Homeland Security giving illegal immigrants plane tickets directly, something like that. It's these nonprofits who receive these government grants, apparently paying bills to move these immigrants around. And of course, there was pushback against that video because that video went viral. Well, how do you know that those people are illegal immigrants? Oh, wow. This chick thinks it's unusual to encounter foreigners at the airport. What a xenophobe. Oh, my God. She finally saw a brown person. What a racist. Well, in addition to all the evidence we're about to go through, Ashley St. Clair has been reporting at the border regularly. She recognizes the bags that they're carrying from border processing facilities. That's how she's making that observation. Now, uh, the first piece of of evidence as to this happening is really just the the, the context of the situation that we're in right now. Uh, multiple consecutive days this week, in multiple consecutive days, we set new records for border crossings. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday all had more than 12,000 border crossings uh, each day. On Wednesday night, 27,000 illegals were in Customs and Border Patrol custody, which itself is a record. And because there's no more room at border facilities, they're 200, 300% capacity. Border Patrol is just dropping off busloads of migrants every half hour into these border towns. 
where nonprofits then pick them up and house them in shelters where they can and ship them off to somewhere else where they can't. So obviously the, the travel itself is not necessarily what's odd here. We have seen um, these buses of migrants being shipped all over the, all, all over the country. Sometimes in that trolley spirit of, you know, Ron DeSantis in Florida sending, um, sending illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, which happened early in earlier in the year. Or right now we have Greg Abbott uh, chartering his first plane. They've done it by bus previously, but now he has charter flights from Texas to Chicago. I assume this will be done in other cities, which as a brief aside makes the Chicago mayor very mad. Brandon Johnson, who proudly oversees a sanctuary city, very angry that illegal immigrants are finding sanctuary in the city through Greg Abbott's charter flight. And this week he said that Texas governor Greg Abbott is intentionally creating chaos. We have a governor in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized. And then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness. We have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed. You have people who are seeking employment. The governor of Texas needs to take a look in the mirror of the chaos that he is causing for this country. This is not just a Chicago dynamic. He is attacking our country. Great. So we all agree to deport these people, right? Yeah, for real. <laughs> so that we can focus on black crime. Okay, yeah, all right. I was going to say, the one, place that might it, be, the one place that might be made safer by the increased cartel presence is Chicago. The cartels would get Seriously. that under control. Very Wouldn't quickly. that be hilarious if cartels came in and then suddenly Chicago had some some safety and order? I can't wait to and go the back Mexican and... food was great. <laughs> I can't wait to enjoy a taco while I walk down the lakefront. You know, <laughs> just like the good old days. I could go to a White Sox game in peace for once. Yeah, really. Uh, he does have a point, though. Like, how are we supposed to deal with the violence of American blacks if we're being flooded with crime from Mexico? Is we that what he was saying? These problems. <laughs> You know, he's he's right. It's like I can deal with one of these things, maybe. (laughs) And I don't even know how many Mexicans are here. I I don't know. Yeah, perhaps that's what he was saying unintentionally. You could draw that conclusion. It's been 11 million for 20 years now. Is that right? Oh, the number of illegal immigrants? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, if that's what they're going with, that's obviously false. I was doing the math. If, If the numbers from just this week, the daily numbers from just this week sustained, you would have four to five million and four to five million a year. And those are just the people who had the courtesy to stop with border patrol and apply for asylum or, you know, they're not doing it the legal way, but they are at least engaging with law enforcement at the border. Well, so, jokes on these guys because this country sucks and we're going to be functionally bankrupt soon. So, well, uh, welcome to America. All right. Enjoy the fiesta, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so the the question is, how is it legal to keep moving them around this way? Or how is it legal for illegal immigrants to move about the interior freely in this way? Well, if they apply for asylum, as I was mentioning, uh, upon arrival at the border, they're given a court date for a hearing. If they've done that, then these migrants are no longer considered unlawfully present. The problem is many of these migrants are getting court dates as late as 2031, as in eight years from now. So you can go anywhere you want in the country's interior. Just please show up for court in 2031. 
we will assess your asylum claim at that point after you've already established a life here and it'll be all but impossible to remove you anyway because you've had 50 anchor babies in in, huh. in the interim so what is new again the border crossings travel throughout the interior these are not things that are necessarily new what is new is flying on commercial flights at least as far as we know or understood uh, of course any of us who have flown uh, who have fl- flown in the last few years know just how cumbersome flying can be getting through TSA primarily. If these migrants are arriving at the border with no documentation as they are, well, how in the hell are they getting through TSA to get on commercial flights? The belief is that their arrest records or papers from border patrol are now acceptable to get through TSA. But that is just uh, as far as I understand that's inference or that's an assumption. I haven't seen any, direct documentation of that, but that's kind of the point. There isn't a lot of documentation to work, uh, to work with here. So, but in case you're a doubter that this is happening, uh, Taylor Hansen and nuance bro have also recorded videos at airports in the last week. Taylor Hansen spoke with a Mexican family through an interpreter. They have no idea what they're even doing or where they're even going. So to all those people who are saying, Oh, you saw a Brown person like Brown people don't ever go on vacations. Oh my God, you racist. Well, if I'm going on a vacation to Disneyland, that's probably what I would say to someone who speaks my language. Oh yeah, we are, uh, we're going to Disneyland on a family vacation instead of having no idea what's happening. And then nuance bro looked at uh, paperwork given to some West Africans and that has travel instructions provided by an Arizona Catholic charity. So this is a group from Chiapas, from Mexico. So they say they don't know where they cross from. Do they know where they're going? So they have no idea what they're doing. So they so don't they're know flying what, into Charlotte and they just don't know where they're going. Yeah, from they there. just don't know what they're doing. So they don't know where they're flying to. I asked them like if they knew where like where they crossed. They don't know. Um, all that they told me that they're from Chiapas. The paper, can I see the, the paper? New York, and this is a Catholic Community Services of Southern Arizona. Boo! It's always some GD Catholic service. The Pope was involved one way or another. I don't know. I mean, have these people even considered that they might be better off in their own countries? Uh, I don't know. I've never been to Chiapas, Mexico. I have no idea what yeah, it's I like. Mean, there. I'm going to guess it's worse. <laughs> yeah, I understand that, that it might be more dangerous and that they don't have access to material goods and, you know, basic health care and stuff like that. But some of these countries, uh, they, they do have like a sense of culture and a community, a multi-generational community of which they could be a part. And here they're just going to be hustling all the time for no money. They're still going to be super poor. And they're going to be um, outcasted and everybody's going to hate their guts if we still have spines as Americans, which we don't. So I don't know. Maybe they'll be. You've really softened. This is how I know how pregnant you are. No longer is it catapults, but you are trying to rationally convince the immigrants not to come here. You, You might be better off poor in your nation of origin than coming to the United States. I mean, I, I what do we have here that we can give these people? Everybody acts like the welfare state is uh is unending like we'll just be able to continue to give these people a, a basic care in perpetuity we, we can't do that like we, we cannot do that we don't have the resources to do that like this will stop eventually 
the gravy train does dry up. I think it's getting yeah. a little dry as of late. But like maybe you're going to get disemboweled by the cartel, but like, you know, if they want you to carry some heroin, just fucking do it. They probably pay just better. Stick it in your butt and just do it. <laughs> right? Uh, or maybe they only pay you in threats. They, they don't they don't rely on payment. They probably just uh, coerce you into performing the activities they want you to. Make sure those baggies are tied tight, though, because one of those explodes in your <sighs> rectum and you are you're dead. If it happens, it? call your uh, call your most convenient congressional staffer. They know <laughs> how to handle anal emergencies um, better than anybody. Say anal emergencies. Yeah. <laughs> Rectal emergencies? What's your preference? Butt emergencies? I don't, I don't know. Why are you like this with your butthole fixation? Although they, I think I they make that one up. At some point, I'm going to have to take responsibility. But for now, I'm going to keep pointing fingers. They made me like this. The chat did this to me. I was a nice boy before all of this. Uh, anyway, Taylor Hansen um, went to the Laredo Airport this week in Texas. That's a small regional airport at the, at the border uh, in South Texas. And he, he says... At least according to his estimation, something like 90% of the passengers out of the city appear to be illegal immigrants. So in, in Phoenix, it might be, and there's so many people traveling through Phoenix, it might be here and there. You go to a place like Laredo where there's not as much traffic, it looks like it's just a lot of illegals flying straight from the border to other parts in the country. Ashley St. Clair also said uh, on Twitter... <clears throat> that she is in possession of major airline boarding passes that just say no name given. So, you know, if you were, if, yeah. if you or I have a, our names misspelled on your name on your boarding pass doesn't match your ID name. That's going to be a problem. If this is correct, you have illegals with no name whatsoever and they're still getting on planes. Now, as far as I've seen, she has not produced a document that shows this uh, yet. But she says it's difficult to post without putting her sources at risk, I suppose, because there's flight information that could then be used to track them. If you show the flight information, you kind of have to show the information so that you know the thing is valid. But if you do show the information, well, then they could the airlines could figure out what staff is responsible for that potentially. Uh, so I don't think that she has posted them yet or I've missed them if she did. But James O'Keefe posted records, <clears throat> excuse me, that appear to be something similar. Um. This is hand handwritten paperwork. It looks like, you know, a permission slip from grade school or something. Uh, this is a the, Consuela has permission to go wherever she wants in this country written by God knows who. But the name is really the only identifying information of this person. And presumably, or at least it's believed to be names are just taken at the person's word. So it, it's like if we take a bar napkin and write, my name is Mickey Mouse or my name is Miguel Mouse. Uh, if we try to do, we're not getting through. If we try to do that, they try to do that. TSA is apparently saying right this way for a testicle inspection, or maybe not even that they're not even getting the TSA grope. They're not even getting the TSA nut grab that the rest of us get. They just, they get by that entirely. Some other considerations here about, uh, just what exactly is going on. Of course you have border security, border integrity, all those safety considerations to think of, but just think about what, what this is doing to the cost of uh, of plane tickets in an economy that makes it tough for Americans to afford anything otherwise. If you have potentially thousands of illegal immigrants consuming plane seats, well, that means there are fewer plane seats for you and your family. It means each seat gets more expensive. 
So not only are you paying for this in taxes through these nonprofits, if that's what's going on, again, I haven't seen proof of that, but that would be a reasonable understanding of what's happening here. Uh, you're paying that way. If that's happening, you're also paying for it in your own inability to afford to fly with, uh, fly you and your family uh, for a vacation or whatever other purpose. There's also disease considerations as well. Uh, not knowing who these people are isn't just about crime or cartels or terrorist groups. It's also about diseases that they may carry. Isn't it awfully odd that New York City now has a tuberculosis outbreak? Must be a coincidence. Yeah, like, yeah. What's going on there? That. And you don't even have to be selfish to have concerns about this. If you think, oh, this country was built by immigrants and you shouldn't be such a xenophobe and you're going to have awesome ta- taco trucks and all that. Many of the people traveling are unaccompanied minors. And um, and even when kids have adults with them, when TSA allows paperwork that says, my name is Miguel Mouse, trust me, is that actually Miguel Mouse's kids who are with him or is he smuggling them? We don't know. And I'm not just pulling that out of nowhere or just saying that in theory because there's there's evidence to that effect too. On Wednesday night, James O'Keefe and Ashley St. Clair had a Twitter space with major airline pilots who spoke to witnessing these things themselves. They say they have no idea who's getting on their planes. They can't guarantee to passengers that these people are actually vetted. And one of the pilots who chose to remain, or one of them rather, he chose to remain anonymous. So his voice was changed. That's why it sounds kind of funny. But here's what they had to say. I think one of the most concerning things um, that's um, that's really come out of this is the amount of unaccompanied minors that are being flown around the country with what seems to be little oversight. Just in my own travels, um, as recently as a few days ago, we had I think it was five or six, you know, unaccompanied uh, minors that were illegal immigrants, you know, being being flown across the country in large amount. The the people that are coming across and the people that we're seeing are actually, you know, fighting age males. You're not seeing families. I, I really haven't. I've seen a few women and children, but but largely it's it's you know males in their in their twenties and thirties. Yeah, yeah sure. The airlines we, given you guys any information about this as you've seen this increase over the years? No, and that and that is what's what is concerning. In recent months, I've seen ten to twenty percent of flights in various cities, both as a passenger and as a crew member. These numbers have spiked. Have you guys been told anything by corporate no. about this? Mm-hmm. No, we, we have not been given any information about this. So would it be accurate to say that the pilots on most of these commercial flights cannot guarantee customers and passengers that they know everybody boarding that flight is being properly screened? No, we cannot give them that that guarantee. All right. I mean, I guess in fairness, uh, obviously pilots are not the ones doing the screening in any you know, normal airline context. But the fact that the pilots don't know is itself also a danger. Like, hey, I'm a pilot and I I have no idea if the people on my plane have been screened through the normal protocols or not. I'm just supposed to fly this plane under the assumption that they are. But for all I know, they're like ISIS guys that crossed the border (laughs) yesterday. Yep. Yesterday, Matt Gates, a congressman from Florida, wrote a letter to the CEO of Delta Airlines, Ed Bastian, asking four questions that he'd like the CEO to answer. Uh, How many non-resident aliens Delta has transported on behalf of governmental or non-governmental organizations since Biden took office? 
How do these nonprofits or NGOs purchase or reimburse Delta for tickets for illegals? Does Delta receive any incentive or reimbursement from the federal government in exchange for transporting illegals? Has the TSA notified Delta what forms of ID are acceptable for illegals to clear airport security? If so, what those are. No response from Delta yet, but this was sent just yesterday and uh, it's Christmas time. So everybody go home and enjoy your holiday and we'll hope that you've forgotten by the time we all get back to the office after January 1st. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't uh, I don't fly very often these days. So this is not something I've witnessed personally, but uh, my friend just did flying to Pennsylvania, but it was just a family of five and they were all wearing. She sent me a picture. They were all wearing identical clothes. And she, the, you mean she claims to have seen this and yeah. Okay. And what airport was it? Uh, I don't know, but it was Delta. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I haven't seen it myself, but I'm looking at the video and it's very hard for me to think what other explanation there would be for those particular pieces of video, especially when you have conversations with these people where, they have directions from border charities or they are completely unaware yeah. where they're going. Oh, she took a photo. Well, that just looks like uh, those look those look like actual ISIS terrorists. Are they wearing ski masks? They're Mexican. No, it's just their hair. You racist. <laughs> oh, uh, that's hair. Wearing... I thought that, I, it's so dark. I thought it was like a ski mask. type thing. Look, they all have the same pants, shoes, jackets, rucksacks. It's like a family. That is awfully odd. Yeah, they're all. That looks like Catholic charity. Certainly could be the border processing bags apparently are like a transparent blue and white or something. I'm not sure exactly what the, the bags that they get from customs and border patrol or whoever, whatever federal government source in Homeland security is giving them those bags. I'm not sure exactly what they look like, but again, even in that one, in what other context would you be traveling with a group of people or your family in the exact same all black outfit? Weird. At first I was skeptical and then this Ashley St. Clair story came out. So I was like, hmm. it's, it's definitely odd. Anyway, uh, we are due for a break. So let's uh, hop into some super chat here before okay, the top I'm of the hour. Go to the bathroom. Uh, okay. I will read some uh, over on rumble. <sighs> Laughing boy says, Merry Christmas. You filthy animal. Keep the change. Congrats on the new edition. Well, thank you. I appreciate it very much. And I always appreciate a good home alone reference. I know I've worn this sweater like, I don't know, three, four, five years in a row on Christmas, but that's because I love it because it's got a Home Alone buzz your girlfriend woof quote. So thank you for that. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, We are good over on, well, we do have one on Odyssey and it's with Odyssey's kind of onboard thing. So I don't, I'll read this one. I have no idea uh, what that number even means, but um Blanket says, sorry for not being here for a while, guys. Hope Matt and Blonde have a Merry Christmas. Well, don't ever uh, apologize for supporting the show. I appreciate it very much. And thanks for tuning in. Merry Christmas. Uh, Let me refresh over on YouTube and Tippy here. We've got Long Dong John up first. Uh, And he says, oh, this, do I, am I going to sing this? No, I'm not going to sing this. It's a, it's a Christmas carol though. On the 10th day of Christmas, Santa gave to me. 10 bullshit indictments, nine retarded rhinos, eight Western razors, seven Timberline soaps, six milk first cereals. I'm done. I'm not not reading any further. Five disingenuous F word slurs, which you'll only know if you listen to the the Wednesday call in show Four 
DVTs. I said I wouldn't sing it. But, <laughs> I mean, you but, had to do that. Yeah. I mean, that has to hit. Deep vein thrombosis. DVT. Three wildcard movies, two Aussie Sunday shows, and Matt and I making love under my tree. Well, I, if that doesn't uh, get credit for cleverness, I don't know what does. So let me copy that. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny. And if you want to take over after Long Dong John, we can continue. Uh, sure. Uh, actually, let me refresh this. I need to save this whole thing because for the eventual winner, I want to know what the chat was. So I got to save the whole song, even though it was broken into two. I, w- I want to make sure I don't lose the rest of it. All right, go ahead. Okay, man. 917. Merry Christmas to both of you and your family. Cheers. Merry Cheers Christmas, you. Boogeyman. Very much appreciated. Thank you, Jet Pilot. Gonna have to watch this later this week, but wanted to pop in real quick to tell y'all and the other listeners Merry Christmas from us down in Texas. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Thanks for supporting the show. I am not gonna be niggardly. <laughs> Laurel, wishing you and your families a very Merry Christmas and a most happy new year. You too, Laurel. Thanks for watching. For you as well, Laurel. Years. Hope you're doing well. And uh Laurel, I, I know you some you have some expertise in the area or understanding. If you know what the hell's going on with these uh these migrant flights, send me an email if you have any insight on that. Because I'm very curious what exactly we're watching. But um but all the best to you and your family, Laurel. Hope you're doing well. Merry Christmas, happy new year. Long down, John. I come bearing gifts for blonde. Blonde asked for a butt sex counter for last week's show. Ah, here it is. Super Shatters three. Blonde three. Matt sixteen. I would have guessed more. I, I, Merry Aussie Christmas Eve to you all and to all again. Thank you. I would have guessed more Aussie. Only... <laughs> That's, That's my defense. Slosher. Spending time with the family, so I have to watch later, but I wanted to wish the two of you and your growing families a very Merry Christmas and a great 2024. I think it's going to get fucking nutty. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. As I said, 2024, the movie is popcorn in one hand and a rifle in the other. That's how this show is to be enjoyed. Yeah, I don't I don't see (laughs) I don't see a situation in which um, there's a there's a nice, clean, easy ending no matter what. Like if Trump pulls off the impossible and how has the greatest political comeback in the history of the country. Like they're just going to say, well, I guess you beat us fair and square. We'll learn our lesson yeah, for next time. But it's we'll, okay. <laughs> we'll get them in 2028, guys. Likewise, yeah. if if Biden surpasses his record for most votes ever in 2024, nobody's going to believe that. And <sighs> and it, since nobody's going to do a January 6th, you have two options. Like shut up and accept it and do nothing. Or you do a real January 6th. Not endorsing Raja Mohan. No, like saying, a real one. You like, know, like those it. are your two options. You're not you're not going to oh. do you're not going to do the tourist trip this time. It's going to be like, no, uh, it's serious again. Not calling for that, not endorsing it. Just saying when you when you mess with the system, like removing candidates from the ballot by judicial decree. You create situations in which the American people are disenfranchised from their voices. Using our voices is the peaceful method for conflict resolution. When you remove the voice from the table what of else options, do you have left. Other methods are deployed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Slosher, thank you. I I, uh, owe you a thank you for uh, for your support as well. Appreciate it. I am not going to be niggardly. I already want to circle back. You say okay. Listen, I'm having a rough, a rough go. That's quite all right. I understand. No matter what jokes I make to the contrary, you don't. You don't understand. Okay. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you.
you become a radical. Every time I'm pregnant, I become a radical feminist. <laughs> you need to go on a date where the man pays. That'll fix your attitude. Uh, <laughs> come back I'm to your chat. So chats. dateable right now. Please date me. <laughs> married 36 year old, nine month pregnant woman. You'd be surprised if you head on over to, uh, to Tinder or whatever the kids are using these days. I guess it's not the kids. It's the, um, it's the di divorcees who are considering their options, but that's disgusting. Anyway, uh, moving back into the news. Uh, and speaking of the, the cases against Trump, at least one of the four criminal cases against Trump will now likely not be completed before the election in the fall. And when I say um, not be completed, I mean, they're not going to have a conviction or successfully imprison him or something like that. Uh, the case will still be in process. And that's because um, special counsel Jack Smith has been rejected by the Supreme Court. This is uh, his, his special counsel Jack Smith's January 6th case against Trump. Smith had requested expedited review from the Supreme Court on uh, Trump's argument for presidential immunity. And uh, and so the the uh, the question here is whether Trump is eligible for prosecution or if he's protected with legal immunity for actions he took as president uh, challenging the 2020 election loss, as in the events of January 6th. And that's obviously a very important question. If Trump can't be prosecuted for those actions constitutionally, the case can't continue. Jack Smith wanted this question answered quickly to maintain the possibility of a Trump conviction, maybe even Trump prison sentence before the election. Well, now the Supreme Court has said no to reviewing that question, meaning it will be appealed through the normal means. So the court actually didn't offer any reasoning. There were, there were no dissents uh, either. It's just no thank you to Jack Smith. You can see the actual... Uh, document on your screen there it's just the petition for a writ of certiorari i however you pronounce that word you know those stupid legalese words but hey the petition to have us consider this case is um or before judgment is denied as in you want to appeal this it's going to go through the normal appeals means it's going to go through the dc court of appeals it'll it'll be heard there They'll make their decision. You want to appeal the decision after that? Come back to us? Sure. We'll talk to you then. So this doesn't obviously end the question. They're saying to Jack Smith, go through the normal long-ass process before you mm -hmm. come talk to us. And what that means for Trump is time bought. And time bought is very useful. Yeah. Because, number one, they, he won't be put in prison, at least for this case, in that time frame. But if he is, in fact, elected president, this is a federal case. I know it's legally disputed by some, but if he gains control of the Justice Department, he can just have them stop prosecuting his case, drop it if it's not completed by then. If it was completed somehow, or let's say like he got elected on November, whatever the election day is, and then somehow he got convicted before taking the oath or something like that, he could he could still pardon himself, too. Although some people dispute whether the president has a right to pardon himself, but. I'm not sure I understand the argument why he wouldn't. Uh, the trial was supposed to begin March 4th. But with this question undecided, that likely won't happen now. It's possible here that the appeals court could decide that Trump is eligible for prosecution. And then the trial would go forward, which would force Trump to seek a stay with the Supreme Court to try to pause it for the Supreme Court to evaluate that question of whether he is, in fact, eligible for prosecution. 
in all likelihood, the trial isn't happening on the March 4th schedule. There won't be any conclusion to this to this particular legal battle before Election Day. There's also the question in the case as to whether Trump's impeachment and then prosecution in this case, because they're for basically the same thing. Remember, he was impeached for right, right, right. whatever they charged, whatever the House charged him <laughs> with in that second impeachment. You know, something, something insurrectiony. What I can't remember what they called it, but it wasn't it wasn't even a specific federal crime. It was just something they made up. Um, what, but it was for the same conduct, essentially, whether th- the house, uh, charging him and then his, his, um, his acquittal in the Senate, if it's double jeopardy for him to be prosecuted in the federal courts again, this way, there's that legal question in play as well. And of course, this is only one of the four cases, uh, the four criminal cases that Trump faces. There's also the classified documents case, which is another federal case. There's the Georgia racketeering case, a state case. And then there's the nonsense Stormy Daniels hush money case in New York State, another state case. And then there's this, the civil stuff with his insurance, his supposed insurance fraud and all that. So even though this one case has been slowed down to probably not have consequence for the upcoming election, um, Trump has a lot of legal hurdles to clear still to eliminate all of these legal obstacles. But uh, Jack Smith is probably having an angry Christmas somewhere, it sounds like. So, okay. Well, uh, we, we were just discussing this a little bit earlier, but I want to talk about some of the aftermath of this Colorado Supreme Court decision, too. Um, on my Wednesday show, I broke down the Colorado Supreme Court decision declaring Trump ineligible to be on the state's Republican primary ballot by virtue of the four, uh, 14th Amendment. Now, the 14th Amendment um, says that uh, that nobody... In, in crude terms, in general terms, nobody can hold federal office if they've engaged in insurrection. That's the legal theory that the Colorado Supreme Court and the supporters of the decision are advancing. The Colorado Supreme Court says that Trump did engage in insurrection. Therefore, he's banned from the Colorado ballot. <laughs> Some problems, though, and I've, I've never dug into the details on this. Uh, it's kind of interesting. The, uh, the case is far from a legal uh, slam dunk. But uh, some problems with the conclusion here. Number one, Trump is convicted of nothing insurrection related. Now, critics will say, yeah, but I read the the 14th Amendment. It doesn't say anything in Section 3 about having to be convicted of insurrection. It just says, did you engage in it? It's like, yeah, I also read Section 1. Yeah, why is this a ballot issue anyway? If they really believe that he engaged in insurrection, then he's barred from eligibility from future elections, irrespective of whether or not he appears in the ballot. It's not a ballot issue. Uh, like I, I suppose, well, I guess I, they're saying he's not eligible for the ballot because he's not eligible for the office. Yeah. But if he's actually not eligible, provably not eligible for the office, then then why would they go about it this way? It's sneaky. Uh, it's a sneaky well, shit. Yeah, I mean, is there strategy in play? Is that your question? Yeah, there's definitely. Strategy in play. <laughs> Yes. But it, for these people who are like, oh, I didn't see anything in there that says uh, he has to be convicted. It's like, I, yeah, but read section one where it talks about no state or even the, the Fifth Amendment before it dealing with the federal government. You're not de- to deprive a person of life, liberty or property without due process of law. I suppose they would make an argument. Well, we're not depriving him of life, liberty or property. We're depriving him of a federal office. Correct. OK, there's a there's a slight distinction there, granted. But just name me one other. Con- you're making a criminal accusation. He engaged in a crime, therefore he's ineligible. Name me one other context in which we assign criminal guilt without a trial, without due process to assess guilt as charged. 
There is no other context in American law in which we do that, but except for this one, because we like the outcome. But it's more complicated than that. And this is the stuff that I wasn't aware of until I was reading up on it. It's actually pretty clear, at least in my opinion, that the 14th Amendment is not talking about the president because it lists several offices, but not the president in its language. No person shall be a senator or a representative or an elector of the president or vice president or hold these other offices. Notably excluded is president. It's pretty weird that you would be talking about ineligibility for offices and then not talk about that one if you meant to talk about that one. And there's also the the complexity with the the oaths because this says if someone if, if there's someone who took an oath to support the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection, they're not eligible to be senator, representative, etc. Well, that language is interesting because support the Constitution is the language that the Constitution uses for the oaths for members of Congress and for members of state office. And and the Constitution leaves the language of the oath up to those, uh, up to Congress and up to those jurisdictions to decide what the language of the oath should be so long as it is to support the Constitution generally. The president actually has a constitutionally defined oath and the language is not support the Constitution. It is preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution as stated in Article 2. So even just the language of what oath they're talking about here would lead you to believe they're talking about the oath where they use that language elsewhere, not the not the oath that is defined using different language. That would be the president. Uh, and then there's Section 5, too. You scroll down. I know these people don't want to read past Section 3 because they just they want to get to the, get to the conclusion they want and leave it at that. Well, Section 5 says the Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. The Congress is not the courts. Yes. The Congress is not the courts in Colorado. It's not the Supreme Court. It's not any of the courts. So maybe if Congress had passed a law, a piece of legislation saying Trump is an insurrectionist, hereby barred from eligibility for the office of president of the United States pursuant to the 14th Amendment. Okay. I'm still not sure that's what the 14th Amendment means, but it's at least following the... um, following the the prescription for how this is supposed to be handled here, according to section five. Again, my full breakdown uh, is uh, on my Wednesday show, the Matt Christensen hour, mattchristensenmedia.com to find it. If you'd like on the homepage, none of this as, as you were getting at is a, is a legally principled argument as though that's what's driving these people to this conclusion. It is lawfare, pure and simple by a Colorado court that knows that the Supreme court is going to overrule them So they stayed their own decision anyway. This thing doesn't even go into effect uh, until January 4th, theoretically. But if the Supreme Court agrees to hear an appeal, it is stayed until a decision is made on that. So the Supreme Court could run out the clock on this, too. My point is Colorado Supreme Court seems to know that their decision is bullshit. And they built in some bullshit mechanisms into the decision. Definitely, So what are you going to do about it? If you grant the premise that this is lawfare, this is the weaponization of the legal system, of the judicial system, to try to remove the decision about who should become the president of the United States from the people and give it to legal elites in Colorado or wherever else is convenient. Yeah, then what do you do about that? Well, one option is to do the same stuff to Joe Biden. Um, And there's some a little bit of movement now, although this is for show, but Okay. I mean, we got to start, they do stuff for show all the time. And if you, you want to, this is really a line for me. That's, that's blown up the kind of like, don't fight fire with fire 
mentality because this is sort of a last line in in American peace, really. Like mm-hmm. if you allow them to have this where they can just delete your candidates from the ballot because they said so. What what semblance of a country do we have left at that point? They have usurped your your ability to consent to the government. They have usurped your ability to to make your voice heard in terms of selecting your leaders. What's left? You you are a servant to them at that point, a complete inversion of the foundation, the foundation or the philosophy uh, this this country was was founded on. So that's all an illusion at this point. Anyway, I kind of hope they do it. Maybe we can use it in the future. Uh, well, that, yeah, that's what they're, they're kind of getting at is, can we do the same thing to Joe Biden here? Republican state representatives in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona, of course, key swing states have introduced bills to remove Joe Biden from the ballots in those states under the same 14th amendment theory, or at least very similar, not exactly the same. Uh, what, what's the idea here? Well, uh, who else is ineligible for federal office according to section three? Of the 14th Amendment. Well, people who have given aid or comfort to the enemies of the United States. Now, I've seen some stuff about giving a lot of weaponry to the Taliban. I've seen some stuff about having Iranian spies in the State Department and the Defense Department hired by Biden, if not himself, Mm -hmm. by his people. I've seen some stuff about collecting money from China while threatening the Chinese people, saying my dad, the former vice president, is sitting right next to me and he'll beat you up if you don't pay me. (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, we see this stuff on the border. Just a a total lack of intervention on what is an outright invasion of our country. There's lots of aid and comfort to enemies of the United States going on right now. And so if we're going to accept this 14th Amendment reasoning, it would seem that Joe Biden is just as ineligible as Donald Trump. And if you think that the argument is bunk, well, that's kind of the point. That's what these state legislators are saying. Like, yeah, Yeah. uh, to be clear, our objective is to showcase the absurdity of Colorado's decision and allow all candidates to be on the ballot in all states. And yeah, like even even if they were to, first of all, they're not going to pass this um, because uh, Pennsylvania, you've got a Democrat-controlled House, Democrat governor, not happening. Arizona, you got Katie Hobbs as governor, not happening. Georgia, maybe you do have a Republican controlled legislature there, but you have Brian Kemp and Brian Kemp likes to do Brian Kemp things. None of these states is it a, a, a lock that this sort of thing would pass. They acknowledge they're doing this for the show. Um, they just want to make their point. I think that is actually useful to the extent that things are done for show by Democrats all the time to sort of uh, at least rile up public opinion or influence public opinion. Yeah. Uh, but I, the, I think to what you were saying earlier, these things have to happen in the courts too. Democrats didn't do this by state legislature action. They mm-hmm. did it by throwing a nonsense, just like th- by throwing a nonsense fire hose at, uh, at the courts until one of them got the answer that they want. That's exactly what happened. Yep. You got to start doing this to Joe Biden. You got to bring the same nonsense lawsuits until one of these states is like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, he's ineligible too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what has to happen. Yeah. And to the extent they've gone after Trump in in all of these uh, other legal contexts, you got to get st- Joe Biden as president, at least in my opinion, in the opinion of uh, the the Justice Department, is not he's immune to criminal prosecution while president. The, the proper solution there is impeachment and prosecution when he's out of office. So you really yeah. can't get state AGs to go after the sitting president in all likelihood, but you can go after his, his people, his inner circle. I, I mean, I hate this stuff in principle. This is show me the man. I'll show you the crime bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
But how else do you stop the people who are doing exactly that? Exactly that. Yeah. Well, I, 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 if there's a, if there's a better option, because to me, you stop them either using the same weapons that they have established as, as supposedly fair or it's actual weapons. Those are the two choices. I don't see an option where I get to sit here and say like, well, you know, I think that's a misunderstanding of the Constitution. And have you considered uh, historical factors A, B, and C in context X, Y, Z? And actually there's this other clause. I would love to do that. I would prefer to do that. Is that an option? I, the trajectory is going one way here. So do you want to fight it with lawyers or do you want to fight it with actual guns? I'd prefer lawyers if I have that Seriously? Option. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe I chose wrong. But for the sake of my children, I want to fight it with lawyers. Please. Can Thanks. we just can we not? Could you guys not for 5 seconds? Uh Anyway, I guess my point is like the game has started. This Colorado thing is a not that this is a it's a first of its kind. Like we haven't tried to disqualify candidates in this way, but it's part of a clear trajectory, a clear sequence of steps. And it's a surprise anybody. Yeah. I mean, uh, what are they going to do? This is clearly not the end either. 2024. Here we, here we are about to head into early 2024 in the same way you and I were sitting in early 2020. What will they think of next? And then it comes Corona bullshit. What will they think of next? And it's not Colorado Supreme court yeah. in 2024. It's something way bigger. 2024 is going to be, well, I'm going to try to make it the best year that I can for my family. I'm going to try to focus on what matters, which is my family. But I, I guarantee you, these, unlike most sequels, Corona the sequel is going to exceed expectations. I guarantee you that. They're not sitting yeah, back. What's like, it going to be? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. But that that's why you have to start getting aggressive about this stuff. Because the idea that these people will suddenly wake up and find loyalty to the system and common decency and basic morality and a respect for their neighbor's choices, even if they disagree with the choices, that ain't happening, man. So uh, whatever your preference is, lawyer or rifle, grab one because you're going to need it in 2024. Any other thoughts you have on this? No, this was like the least surprising development ever. Hmm. It sounds I mean, like I, you you know I that it's if, a, sorry. I think it's ahead. a threat. I think that they are that they know you know obviously from a Supreme Court perspective this is uh, going to be impossible. But it's like um like the kind of posturing you do in a relationship where like you just you want the guy to know that you're fucking crazy and you have no boundaries. Like <laughs> so they're shit know. testing us. Yeah. And just like in that relationship, it's like she's just begging to be backhanded. Okay. She wants yeah. the control established. She wants you to. <laughs> it's true. Um, I think that that's that's what it what it what they need. We need the ghost of Sean Connery to solve these problems. Mm. He could do yeah. it. It's like, listen, I don't want to fight her. I don't want to I don't want to deploy these methods, but sometimes she makes you. That's where we're at. I think that's right on. Okay. Time for hoax hate. Already? Yeah. We're flying through. Uh, 
And now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Now, just before I say it, I did not check with you before the stream. I take it you were not able to find uncensored no. images. I, I mean, I hope that it's I love killing N-words. <laughs> that's hilarious i don't know i don't know what it i don't even know what it could be nobody knows but it's provocative as they would say (laughs) what's the ice skating movie i can't even remember you know the one uh blades of glory that's the one thank you at bonneville elementary school in salt lake city police are investigating a heinous hate crime in which unknown attackers spray painted hateful graffiti of some sort that apparently attacked virtually every demographic of some form uh, but no, you can't see any of it. And when, uh, there is an actual uh, silver lining here though. Uh, because now of course the, the little kids at this elementary school are hard at work creating messages of love instead. How conveniently it all worked out. You can see some of the hearts behind me here, behind me here, uh, but Salt Lake City Police are not saying yet who did this, or, or they're still trying to figure out who did this, but they do have surveillance video from this school, Bonneville Elementary, on the east side of Salt Lake. As crews finished power washing hate-filled graffiti from Bonneville Elementary. They targeted our African-American community, they targeted our Jewish community, they targeted the disabled, um, they targeted the LGBTQ and the Asian community. Parents, teachers, and students wanted to change the messaging. We are a wonderful building here today. It is covered in love messages. Our students have been working hard to just spread acceptance and kindness to everybody. The fifth graders hanging a banner saying love is powerful. Our message is thank you. Please keep teaching your students how to love and how to accept and to treat everybody with dignity. Salt Lake City Police Chief Mike Brown says they are investigating this as more than paint on a wall. Let's call it what it is. This is a hate crime. In his mind, it meets Utah's definition of a hate crime. You commit a crime, a criminal mischief, with the intent to target um, different groups. What a fag. You know how I know this is bullshit? Because there's a hierarchy of hate for legitimate racist people. Legitimately racist. <laughs> they don't together. do all of the above. They're very selective. No, I mean, you know, it's like Jews, Blacks. And then Asians are like way down here. And not they themselves are ranked very strictly. Yeah, it's just, there's just no way. It's, this is well, just incorrect. As I mentioned, we have both scraped the Internet for any uncensored images of what these messages even are. Can't find even one. Some were in red and purple paint. Some were just <gasps> in. I figured it out. What? OK, so what happened was it said like. Die N words or whatever, and then they what what they didn't. Uh, blur out was some love message that they put on to try to oh okay oh okay maybe that makes sense because they but they do here's the problem though they say some of the hate messages were in white chalk not just wasn't like white chalk yeah so for example okay you go to the the police department salt lake police department's um twitter page here's a picture of what might be the corner of a swastika i don't know who knows here's a picture of maybe like a t a letter T, but you can't really tell because they've cropped it so much. There's just a picture of a red spray paint can as though that's itself incriminating. And then here's just some blotchy red spray paint mess. And then if you, yeah, if you look during that news report, they censored everything, but then this one just says love in white chalk. And then it's censored 
with what looks like a heart under it. But maybe you're right that maybe someone wrote a slur and then someone's the, the students love messages converted it to say, no, no, I love N words. No, no. <laughs> I love the C word. They crossed out the ER and put an A and they're like, it's fine now. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for, thank you for softening that hard (laughs) R. I didn't understand this image. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you, or it could be what you described earlier. No, no. I love killing this certain minority. Maybe that's what Mm. it said. That's too funny though. The, The commentary from the principal Please keep teaching our students how to love and accept. Just how about you teach them how to read, write, and do math? Can we do that? I know, God. Even independent. Do that. Whether this is real or not, I don't want to send my kids to elementary school to learn all about how, like, to learn this sort of political agenda about you must accept anything and everything and tolerate anything and everything because all morality is relative. Uh, all, all, <sighs> you know. There's, there's no standards for anything. There's, nobody's better or worse than anybody else at anything. We're all exactly the same. Any distinction among people is invalid. That's not why I'm sending my kids to school. It's not to endorse racist messaging, obviously. It's just I on the topics of race and racism and bigotry and hate, those are kind of like me and my son topics. They're not uh, my son and the teacher topics. My son and the teacher is like, can you teach him to do math? Can you teach him to read? But as more of this stuff happens, it's like, well, really, aren't they all you and your son topics? Do I, do I trust these yeah. people to teach him math at uh, all? Yeah. Anyway, probably not. All right. Well, there was some uh, drama at America Fest, and this is the Turning Point USA event in Phoenix last weekend. Uh, Rob Smith, who is a gay black spokesperson for Turning Point, those demographics are relevant to this incident, which is why I uh, mentioned. It. Why does everybody have to be a thing? You know? You got to have your check boxes. He was heckled by critics, though. And I, I believe groiped is the technical term, my sources say. These critics did chant the F slur at Rob Smith. And you can see that or you can hear that in the video. Um, is it is it mean are you are you is it mean to to heckle a person with slurs in public yeah it's mean i mean is, is this okay is, he probably shouldn't be uh super, so gay that? <laughs> what was he wearing it's a, he was wearing a polo i mean come on yeah who does that um that video was actually taken james by a, field. uh <laughs> does james what james fields wears polos he was wearing a polo at the time yeah well he definitely got what he deserved that i'm glad he's in prison uh, <laughs> James Fields polo. Show. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, you show me. Uh, the, the white polo. In addition, well, anyway. To the point, this video was actually taken by a listener of the show, Stephen Ignoramus. I've I've done Stephen's show before, so he's the one who recorded that video. Uh, and and obviously, I'm bringing this up not to say that this is some hoax. 
uh, that Rob was heckled. We can see it on the video that he clearly was. And so did Rob encounter he some egg them on? Well, there's there's claims to that effect, too. Did he encounter some mean words? Might one oh. even say harassment? Perhaps. No, I wasn't there. I don't know all of the interaction between these two parties, uh, but it does sound like the that Rob dressed this story up with some extra details because he then goes to Twitter and posts um, that Rob actually or no, uh, Rob goes to Twitter and he says that the crowd chanted the N word too, and that the crowd surrounded him. Now, Stephen, who recorded the video, says what actually happened is Rob walked away and then walked back in to film it. And it, it does seem like watching the video, like he's kind of enjoying it a little bit. He's obviously heckling them when he's saying that Nick Fuentes enjoys gay sex. He's riling them up. They're riling him up. It almost seems like they're sort of enjoying a little back and forth banter. Yeah. You could argue cute. you could argue it was mean or whatever. Okay, it's mean. Like someone said some mean words to him. But is this like the, is this some sort of hate crime situation? Well, he's trying to morph it into a situation in which he was surrounded and threatened, but he stood up not just to homophobes, but to white supremacist Nazis who were chanting the N-word at him clearly, even though there's no video of such a thing. Not only that, but he then goes on CNN. Uh, oh, here's, buddy. Here's, here's the Rob Smith tweet, by the way. I put up the wrong one. Sorry. This is the right one. Uh, they surrounded me. A bunch of white supremacists surrounded me because they don't like gays or blacks. They shouted the N word and the F word to make their point. But I will never back down ever. Okay. <laughs> then he goes to CNN to describe his story of bravery in the face of this hate crime. What a lot of people didn't see in that video is number one, is number one, um, they did say the N-word. Absolutely, that was not caught on video, but that did happen. And so, look, I am fourth ID. You know, I'm in a rock war of that. I can know how to defend myself. But I am looking in the eyes of people that were actual neo-Nazis and actual white supremacists. There are people in the Republican Party who have these views. A lot yes. of Republicans say that's not true. Yes. You're, you're maligning all of this. Yes. You're calling us all deplorables. You're yes. saying we're all white supremacists. Yes. Are they right? that those individuals are in the Republican Party and need to be pushed out. Absolutely, they are right. Do you blame people of color or LGBTQ people who say, I can't be a part of that? Well, first of all, I don't say LGBTQ. I say gay or lesbian. And I don't blame gay or lesbians or black people for saying that they can't be a part of it. I've seen Donald Trump denounce white supremacy over and over and over again for the past eight years. I have not seen Ron DeSantis denounce this. I have not seen Vivek Ramaswamy denounce this. I have not seen Nikki Haley denounce this. I have not seen Chris Christie denounce this. I felt that these people could have bashed my brains in had they gotten the chance. <laughs> I thought you were an Iraq vet and you can defend yourself. Dude... I, I just hate this. It's like if you have any kind of minority status, especially double minority status, you just cannot stop yourself from making that your identity. Like has what any, a sellout. Has anybody heard from from Vivek? Has Vivek <laughs> disavowed this? Has Rob He's not even white. I don't care what he has to say either. If Vivek tweeted in reply to him, I can't say it because because uh, uh, you know the other guy, Raju Muhan, will get me. Uh, but if he just responded to the tweet, F word, F word, F word, I'd say, all right, you convinced me. You got my vote. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. what what um, is this like? I haven't heard Chris Christie disavow it. Yeah, dude. Oh, my. Chris Christie totally supports people chanting the F slur at you. What, what is this? And it's not just that he he ran to CNN. This is a guy who was tweeting 
mere days before this event saying CNN and MSNBC are propaganda. They're liars and not to be trusted unless yeah. they have a publicity opportunity for me to in go, which case, yeah, to go exaggerate something that happened to me again. I'm not sitting here saying, Oh, it's awesome to go chant slurs at people. It's awesome to go be me. You know, if you want to uh, deploy those tactics. Okay. But I, you know, I, I think there's a meanness element to it. I think there's something that's probably not convincing to your average person about it, but is this a hate crime or is this some sort of threatening event in that way? Why does it have to be exaggerated beyond recognition where we're going to insert racism, say it's clearly white supremacism at play and then ask other presidential candidates to disavow it. Even, even if you're sympathetic to the original circumstance, where it's like, okay, people were mean to you in public, but you are a public figure at a public event, and that's kind of what happens. Uh, if I had a count of how many F slurs have been sent to me over the internet at my expense, yeah. I am I'm five times the Iraq war veteran, I tell you. I've <laughs> guys who were who were in Fallujah have nothing on my bravery, if that's the standard. Uh it's like you know, you're to your question on why do the minority checkboxes always have to be there? Why does the exaggeration have to happen too? Why can't it just be like, oh yeah, those guys chanted a slur at me. They're dicks, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I got just stuff get to over, do. Walk it off. Yeah. It's just, he's like trying to be like, I'm so not a bitch. I'm just not a faggot bitch. And then he goes to CNN and he's like, I'm such a bitch. That's all he wants and, to do and, is complain and you'll, about this. You'll notice Dude, it. Walk no, it off. At no he's point. He's got does, trolled a little bit. Nothing happened. Yeah. Also, if, if people call him the N-word, uh, they obviously would have, oh, it's okay, girl. It's okay. You got to get out of here. Oh, oh, oh. oh cameo. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to have to edit that up. Do you um, want me? I can, I can, uh, like, there's not, she didn't actually enter the frame. Just a little bit of hair did. Oh, okay. It's fine. Yeah, there's um, no face, but. But, uh, bye. Ooh, that was really bad parenting. I had to open the door because it got so hot in here. I forgot what I was saying, too, more importantly. <laughs> Something age inappropriate. No, the thing, too, is like at no point does, does Rob Smith want to actually talk about the substance of the dispute. And the substance of the dispute was the uh, the morality of homosexuality. Now, granted, this yeah. is a criticism that would apply to the Groypers, too, if they're just shouting things at him. But But the difference, I would say, is if Rob Smith wanted to have a debate with those people about that topic... My guess is they say yes and talk about the substance yeah. of the issue. Yeah. Would Rob Smith be willing to sit down with those people and discuss the substance of the issue? I I, I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't say for sure. No, I don't know that he would say that. I, I just based on this interaction, I'm guessing that he would have some hesitation to do that. And so it's, it's frustrating. It's like <laughs> whether you agree or not, they're coming at you with points of arguments. Now, they might not have been expressed artfully. They might have been expressed uh, disrespectfully. But uh, this this exaggeration beyond recognition does nothing to to convince people. If Rob yeah. Smith has had either responded with substance or just said, yeah, those guys are dicks. I don't know what they're doing. Would have come out looking a lot better than fleeing to CNN to describe how there are too many white supremacists in the oh, Republican especially Party. Especially CNN. Oh. It, anyway. All anything for the victim box, ma'am. All right. Uh, time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. 
Tonight's movie is the 1996 Gina Davis Samuel L. Jackson action thriller The Long Kiss Goodnight in which a woman recovers her memory after an amnesia episode and discovers she's a highly skilled government hired assassin. So she kills some people in absurd action scenes and then goes home to a farm, but not before a CIA guy eerily predicts 9-11 five years before it happened. From movie picker Steven, this is actually a Christmas tradition in our house where many others have chosen Die Hard as a current tradition. The movie is action-packed and revolves around December, plus Gina takes many beatings and still fights to survive while protecting her daughter. Of course, we have face swap AI artwork from Jamie and Jeannie, as always. Now, this works out well because he's Samuel L. Jackson and I am Matthew L. Christensen. So <laughs> those two go together. And you look pretty good face swapped on Gina, I got to say. I this do, one, yeah. This one's kind to you. It's been rough. It is. It weeks. is kind. Yeah. Uh, That's and then, way better than I actually look right now. Oh! <laughs> here we are. Uh, is this you giving me a ride home? No, wait, no, this is Samuel L. Jackson's character, not the drunk guy. But in any case, if they had hit a cyclist like this, I don't know if you can see the cyclist in the background. That would have been. Uh, <laughs> I didn't notice that at first. Much better than hitting the deer, and there's there's Caesar still behind the wheel too, and of course. Oh my god! Yeah. There is a video face swap as well. Hey, honey, this is a real big fucking gun. This ain't no ham on rat, pal. What the hell are you doing? Saving your life. I would have been here sooner, but I was thinking up that ham on rat line. You always this stupid. Did you take lessons? I took lessons. I actually don't understand that ham on rye line uh, at all. Do you no. get what he means? No. I gather it's a sandwich, but I, I don't understand. Like, the first time I heard it, I'm like, I don't get it. I watch it again in the face swap. Still don't get it, but I appreciate the face swap. Of course. Anyway, uh, I gather you thought this movie sucked. So go ahead and tell us why. Oh, I thought it sucked so much. I hate this movie so much. I hated it. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had a moment where my brain kind of fried a little bit. She's very cute. Okay. Samuel L. Jackson is charming or whatever. But maybe this just caught me at a bad time because I just cannot do any more of this female ninja, like women kicking ass thing. And I didn't have like the the main character energy like Sigourney Weaver in Alien or Charlize Theron in, in Mad Max or anything like that where I like can get over that it's a female lead because it's a post-apocalyptic situation. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> but it was, this was even cliche when the, when the movie was made, which is in 96. And like, I just, I didn't care about any of the characters, even her daughter and I'm pregnant. So that's a huge L for the filmmakers. I don't like it. I didn't even give a shit about this eight year old girl with a list, but I was like, ah, killer. This is going to make this movie go. In the, <laughs> the daughter was, was not minutes. a very compelling character. She was just kind of, she there. was not her role was small. Granted, but she was just kind of 30. There. Yeah. 30 minutes too long. Um, and I didn't, didn't think it was fun or engaging enough to overlook any of this. You go girl stuff. Hmm. I didn't give it a one. I gave it a two, but like, I just, I just, I hated it. I just hated it. What did you think of the nine 11 prediction? Cause that's, that's what earned. I don't even, I watched this earlier and I'm like, what, when did that happen? Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll play it back here. Normally I don't save clips for the show for the review because it makes the reviews longer. And cause we run into copyright problems, but that was the third thing I listed is like, I'm, I'm not huge on this movie, but when I listen back to the CIA director, 
in the movie basically predicting 9-11 with spooky accuracy five years before it happened. That's that's worth a wiki to me. Uh, the setting, uh, the context here is that um, is that the, the CIA guy has um, the CIA director has uh, Charlie and Mitch. So Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson, he has them in custody there and he's talking about his plans and the CIA had this plan to um, to do a false flag chemical bomb attack in Niagara Falls. But Charlie disrupted it. And so the CIA is planning this new false flag attack to get Congress to give them more money. And so Mitch asks the CIA director, you're telling me that you're going to fake some terrorist thing just to scare some money out of Congress? And the CIA director responds, well, unfortunately, Mr. Hennessy, I have no idea how to fake killing 4,000 people. So we're just going to have to do it for real and we'll blame the Muslims naturally. Check it out. You're telling me that you're going to fake some terrorist thing just to scare some money out of Congress? Well, unfortunately, Mr. Hennessy, I have no idea how to fake killing 4,000 people. So we're just going to have to do it for real. Oh, blame it on the Muslims, naturally. <laughs> that I get my funding. So I'm like, Gina Davis did 9-11, dude. <laughs> she 100% did. What is that? Does Is that at all? In, I thought that was amazing. You That didn't do anything for you? Yeah, cool. Uh, I barely remember that. Uh, it's just two out of five. I don't, I don't know. All right. All right. Well, I, I did my best. Gina Davis but... is, was really cute in this, though. I, I will say that. I liked her better in her wholesome look rather than like uh, I'm a ass kicking lesbian now look. Terrible blonde. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great. But what did I like about this movie? Well, once I realized that the action was supposed to be outright ridiculous, I, I started liking it more. It, with the first deer crash scene, I'm thinking like they're driving about 45 miles an hour on a snowy road. It's just not enough speed to put the deer up on the hood like that as it's like struggling with its feet through the windshield. She crashes into a tree and launches like dozens of feet. The whole thing was just preposterous and silly. I was under the impression that the movie was trying to present that to me seriously. Maybe it was. I don't know. But as the ridiculous action scenes continued, I thought, okay, this is trying to be over the top and kind of funny. You had that hand grenade with the explosive force of a freaking bomb as they're jumping out of the building with this flame ball bursting out of the window. And then she takes the Uzi shooting the ice on the lake below to cushion the fall, which apparently in the actual filming, the actors were submerged in freezing water and Samuel L. Jackson called it the craziest stunt of his career. I don't think he did the actual jump, obviously, but he had to be dunked in this frozen lake water repeatedly. And then he gets he gets launched hundreds of feet through the air later in the movie. And and Mitch just never dies. He keeps getting blown up and shot and he keeps reappearing alive. So there's like a comedy in that because it's so over the top and ridiculous that it was it was fun uh, and and it was funny. In Daughter, that way. Did you like this? Well, it was like it was a popcorn kind of movie and enjoyable in that sense. I, I thought you kind of have to do exactly what Samantha or Charlie did. You got to turn your brain off. You have to have yeah. a concussive episode that causes you causes your brain to function or not to function anymore. And uh, then you'll enjoy it. Like stop trying to think about what's going on and just enjoy the, the fireworks show of it. Uh, did you get any kick out of Samuel L's wardrobe? Like whatever the hell was I going on. I did. He must be the only man alive that can pull off a yellow turtleneck. <laughs> the one uh, that was fun. I, I grabbed this one too when he like goes to see his son or whatever that storyline was. I don't even know what that was, but it was like track jacket inside of leather jacket with a knit bucket hat. 
just a bizarre combination of things. And so that that was entertaining. I already discussed the 9-11 prediction, so I'll say no more about that. Other than, again, Gina Davis did 9-11, I'm convinced. But um, I shared your your perspective on this kind of badass chick bit. And, and I thought maybe like maybe in the 90s, this was a little less stale. Maybe it was more enjoyable back then. But I suppose you're right that this is not this wouldn't have been a new concept even in the 90s, really. In fairness to the movie, I don't think it was doing it to like push a political or a social agenda. I think it was just trying to be I don't fun. No, they always are, aren't they? I didn't get that impression <laughs> in this case, but I, I'm just tired of watching chicks kick guys' asses or outshoot dudes. I just uh, my appetite for that is none. Yeah, and then it kind of you watch it, it's like okay, cool. So what though? Um, for as much as I can say about that enjoyable action and the silliness of the outfits or whatever, what is the purpose of the movie? What what point does this movie make? What moral does it present? What is the philosophical yeah. concept it explores? There is none. And I think that's a problem. It's just a movie that's kind of dressed up with explosions and you might ooh and ah at that for a minute. But who's going to think about that after the fact? I didn't and I won't. Oh. And it also suffers, I think, from trying to be one of those movies that that tries to do everything. What is the genre of this movie? I mean, I clearly like action, but is it comedy is it drama? Like if it's comedy, the jokes and the slapstick aren't really that funny. If it's drama, why is it dressed up in so much absurdity? If it's, it's comedy, right? I would just call it like generic action, I guess. But mm. whether whether I'm supposed to take it seriously or not, I couldn't figure out watching this movie. If it's romance, she's got this weird boyfriend guy who just disappears and then returns at the end on this weird farm or whatever. He's just absent though. And their relationship really seems to have no purpose throughout the entirety of, of the movie. And so it's so rare that a movie can check all those boxes to be like philosophically profound and really funny and well scripted and have compelling characters and do all those things at the same time. It's very rare. That's why I prefer that movies pick like one thing and try to do it well for the reason that this movie suffers, because if you try to do too many things, you end up not you doing do none. Any, well, yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like, okay, I mean that, that scene was kind of funny. This one was sort of serious, but neither one was making me laugh out loud or be glued to the edge of my seat with suspense or something like that. It's just kind of a mediocre movie. that can't decide what it wants to be. Last point though. Do you consider this a Christmas movie? No, 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 explain. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not really sure that Die Hard was a Christmas movie. What the f- okay, now shut up. I don't know. It's, I don't care. Is that an answer? I guess. I guess you can it sucks, opt out. So it's not my Christmas movie. Oh, okay. So who cares? So it's just you didn't enjoy it. But if you enjoyed it, would it be a Christmas movie? No. What is your? St- you think this is a Christmas movie? Yes. Why? What is your standard for Christmas movie? I don't know. Didn't we talk about this with Home Alone? It's got to give me that feeling. Home Alone is a hundred. Home Alone. Nobody can debate. That's a Christmas movie. You'd have to of be course. out of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a s- squarely a Christmas movie. By what standard? Okay. I think that. The holiday season has to be uh, part of the plot in a meaningful way. Exactly. How is it not? Well, how in, is this? What do you mean? She is spotted by her enemies while in a Christmas parade. And she revives her memory because she suffers an injury driving the drunken Santa home flying through the wind, flying through the windshield. Were it not for Christmas. That's the, a flashback. 
No, that's the current time. That's how she, well, I guess she goes into like a coma for a little while or whatever, but she, if it's not, if, if it weren't for Christmas, the fundamental plot points of the revival of her memory, it doesn't happen. And her enemies aren't aware that she's active again. If it's not for Christmas. So it's a Christmas movie. Just like Die Die Hard. Hard. Whatever. Yeah. I'm never going to watch either of these on Christmas. Uh, I like Die Hard better than this. You you had to like Die Die Hard better than this one, though. Of course. Okay. So I gave this. uh, It's watchable, but not much more. So I gave it a three wiki rating. Okay. I'll allow it. Uh, as far as the audience thoughts on this, let's see what people are, are rating it. Uh, early votes, giving it a three. Yeah. Threes and fours, although there's it's kind of all over the place, just like the movie itself. We got threes, fours, twos. There's a, even a person giving it a five out there. Next Fine. week, uh, we have another selection from Steven's list. Return of the Living Dead 3 from 1993, a zombie movie I've never heard of or seen before. I'm told it has an independent story. So the fact that it's the third in a sequence of movies doesn't matter for understanding it. So we're going to watch a zombie movie post Christmas. We have. a. <sighs> well, don't sound too enthused. Maybe you'll get out of it by giving birth to a kid. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, I would or at least give birth and watch that. Yeah. Or at least postpone it. Uh, we have a fresh round of nominations from listener Electric Ninja for January. Uh, Soylent Green, The Exorcist, American History X, which I'm not trying to influence the vote, but you know is going to get selected. Yeah. Blonde's review of American History X is 100%. I hate that movie. I've seen it <laughs> five times. Yeah. I've seen it before. Not in a while. But I remember the general themes. And who could forget the curb stomp? I'll never forget the curb Ugh, stomp. Yeah. The Elephant Man, Raising Arizona, Friday, Tommy Boy, Unforgiven, or of course you can reject the list, in favor of a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is... Uh, uh, in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is Matt Christensen media.com. All right. I made it. I, my water didn't break. Miraculous. I made it. I don't know. Um, now it's telling my rumble feed is telling me stream is over. I don't know. Sometimes these rumble chat feeds go wrong. So if there are missed, and there's nothing much I can do about it other than refresh. And it tells me the same thing. So if I had any missed rumble chats tonight, uh, my apology. And of course you can email me if there was a missed rumble chat, and you'd like a refund on that. I can take care of that for you. But uh, other than that, we're good on rumble. Uh, we're good on odyssey. Beth Ann, thanks for supporting over on D live and we can catch up with YouTube and tippy and we'll call it a night before Christmas. All right. Injured Guardian, I think we left off on. Uh, do you all have the capability to make sounders from Deadwood episodes? I can send timestamps for several <laughs> excellent possibilities. Merry Christmas, get to the range soon, and eat uh, ice cream. You know, my ice ones. cream is covered. One of the best uh, investments that my family has made this this year is a chest freezer for the garage, which I have not mm. had in my adult life. But I can freeze all the things. 
And so there's lots of Costco ice cream in, in that freezer. Um, yeah, I mean, anything, any sound that exists on the internet or on a computer I can work with. I, I've, I've seen all of Deadwood, so I know how profane Deadwood is. And I'm going to guess that a lot of Deadwood things, particularly if you're talking about Al Swearingen, are <laughs> not Raja Mohan approved on YouTube. But as always, if you want to send me some uh, some possibilities, I'm open to taking a look at them. And uh, thanks for supporting the show. Merry Christmas. And you know, we've talked about Deadwood before, but man, uh, gone too soon, that show. I really love that show. Truly, truly. Um, who was the one you just read? Injured that was Injured Guardian. Guardian. Uh, TJS. For the first time, I send a super chat. I've been watching your channel since the Nicole Arbor video. I love your work. Thanks for everything. Wow. Damn. When was that? That was 2015. 15 that was the first video i think that that i had that got some major play like six figures play and uh she's if you, still pretty hot well uh at the time she made fun of fat people and the whole internet wanted her wanted her destroyed and censored and banned and this is oh, kind of younger bright-eyed me like well wait a minute i don't like making fun of, i don't like being mean to fat people either but we can't start censoring people and it was so I hope it was a little more well-reasoned than that. But my point is I had more faith in the world and <laughs> I wasn't as jaded at the time. So, um, yeah, she's still doing it. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that was, uh, that was a video that, that arguably launched what I have now that really marked like a, a turning point from video game content to like news commentary or pop culture commentary. Yeah. So, man, if you've stuck around for that long, I appreciate it very much. Merry Christmas. We love you. You're very special. And thanks for uh, helping my channel sustain. Uh, Reese says, I'm going on 64 hours of overtime due to windstorm in eastern Canada. I'm relying on you both for witty banter and laughs to keep me awake for the next three hours of OT. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Sorry, I'm not in my game. I've been having contractions this entire show. This is Merry Christmas. And I don't know if we can get you through three hours, but maybe two. And uh, uh, we'll do the we'll do the best we can on that. Uh, all the best to you and your family. Merry Christmas. And I hope you get through that work time as easily as possible. Me too. Chemical X666. Blonde, thanks for bringing another member of the Right Wing Death Squad into the world. Both of you should consider a career in catapult engineering for your kids. It's definitely a field. With room for growth. Well, I don't Engineer. know. Engineer. I have daughters. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Is he saying we need to do it or our kids need to do it? Either our way, kids. you're you're really creating a conflict for blonde in which you know, we need this work done, but to have it done by women. I mean, what what are we talking about here? Although, <laughs> do you want these catapults poorly engineered? Is that part of the feature? Uh, I guess it wouldn't really matter. We're never going to get them across the border. Hmm moist farts matt can you please do an i will remember you for blonde's freak nose it appears <laughs> it's leaving us soon not that soon last time i got pregnant it took it took a solid two months for it to go back to before i was pregnant so yeah. shout out to zach and aaron for exchanging their marriage vows today mazel tov merry christmas faggots you suck fuck you oh i forgot to tell you Congrats. okay so you suck moving. fuck you that's right oh yeah you you are moving a different house yeah we are, yeah. Um, in the next few months, same you know town and everything like that. So we go over to take some measurements, and my daughter's ringing the doorbell, you know, as she do. And I realize that the doorbell of this house plays Hava Nagila. Wow. Yeah, 
I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? What is going on? It's an odd choice for a doorbell, but all right. I know. So I'm going to have to burn some sage or something. And I'm not <laughs> okay, see this. Come on. All right. Matt, on Tuesday, Six had a test stream, the USA stream. And yeah. I asked him if he heard that you were making soap that will make your balls tingle. He's interested in sage. <laughs> uh, I, I, if, if, <laughs> thank you for telling him. If Styx wants his balls tingled, I am, in fact, the ball tingling merchant. And I can make that happen for him. Uh, I got to lean back. Can you read some? Yeah. Things? Although I hate to like. I hate to. I haven't, I haven't spoken with Styx for a while. Not that like we're not on good terms or anything. I just hate to go to him with. Uh, hey, man, heard you're interested in buying some of my ball tingling soap with the first message in a while. Yeah, really. Also, tell me what the hell you were talking about on Twitter the last two years. All right, I'll make you a deal, Sticks. You dish all the details and I send you all the soap that you want. I got so many messages that were like, can you find out what happened with Sticks? I was like, no, <laughs> I don't have that power. You would probably have a better chance than I do. Uh, there's no way. Not that I would try to, but, you know, there's no way. He I'm did information. light up some of my pet peeves, which are people cryptic tweeting about their personal lives. Hmm. I hate it when people do that because I want all the information. I don't know. I didn't follow the entire thread. I know a lot of people were worried though. And you know, that's because people care about him. Rightfully so. That's true. Oh, Oh God. Uh, Chris from true caliber just wanted to wish you both a Merry Christmas and let you know, my wife and I just found out that we're having our first child, a son in May, 2024. Well, uh, as always, you just found that out well I, yeah she's I, four months pregnant he just found out but who knows how? who knows how who knows how recent that is congratulations first and foremost and congratulations um, butthead and true caliber of course is a friendly listener owned business if you want fancy ar parts at a discounted price head on over to uh, the deals page of my website check out true caliber proudly made in blonde's neck of the woods idaho and I can vouch for their AR parts because I've put them on my own rifle and they, uh, they're good parts. So all the best to you and your family. Congratulations. All the best to your business as well in the coming year. Wesley Paul says, Merry Christmas. Uh, Poker says, I watch Tim most days. How do you feel about his new avenue? You and Tim are very different, which is great. Uh, blonde, do you feel fucked over? Are you talk- I assume you're talking about Tenet or I don't know. Um, the thing, the funny thing about all of that is like, I think people assume that we all work much closer than we do. Uh, I have not actually spoken with anybody else on tenant about tenant with the exception of Taylor Hansen, because I met him in September. Um, not that I you know have anything against anybody in particular there either, but it's like, this is just sort of a place where people post content. It's not like we're, um, we're working together on a daily basis or something like that. Uh, but I, I, you know, the, I think it's going well and I, I hope that it's going well for them too. And, but uh, blonde, do you feel fucked over? No, you people might have noticed that I don't have any career aspirations. We just don't have some any. would say you have the highest career aspiration, which is raising the next generation. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's going to run its course eventually. Like when your kids are like 10, what do you even do with yourself? If you're a stay at home mom, that being said, um, no, I I don't care at all. I don't have the energy or interest or even really ability to make content right now. If Tenant approached me, I'd be like, I 
I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> what is it about my demeanor that suggested I'm interested in anything professionally? I right know. <laughs> what have I done right. wrong? Yeah. Uh, I told you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, I, I don't feel like that. Pit you, Marcus. Blessings for you both. Well, you as well. Thanks for supporting the show. Kaiser and Gilroy. Santa says, ho, ho, ho. You've been naughty again, LaDonna. LaDonna, it's not against the law, fat man. Go drink some milk with your cookies. Merry Christmas, you crazy kids. Love that old some bitch. Where's, uh, God, I haven't dropped the LaDonna in so long. I forgot where I store her. Where is, uh, where the hell did I put LaDonna? Oh, there she is. <laughs> I don't have a ready deployment. It's not anymore. against the law. Oh, fuck you. She's in cold storage, but I'll never delete her. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the forgotten line of LaDonna, which I don't have handy. The, the reference, go drink some milk with your, with your cookies. She says to the Asian woman, go eat your dog with some rice, bitch. You heard what I said. <laughs> And she repeats it. Go eat your dog with some rice, bitch. Yeah. She's, you know, whatever you think of LaDonna, everyone deserves to have LaDonna's confidence. It would be yeah. a great asset. Yep. Jonathan says Matt and Blonde plus Josh Allen leading the Bills to victory. Great combo. Frankly, the best. Any January 6th vigils in Bozeman this year. And I'll be remiss, uh, remiss not to shill Joanna for Blonde's baby name. Merry Christmas. That's a cool name. I do like it. Um, Johanna is a family name for my husband, so we hmm. would have to do that. But it's it's his very German grandmother, so everybody called her Johanna. Ah. So I think that that's going to be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean maybe that makes it better though. You can still you don't have to take the same pronunciation. You can. I don't know. Modify it. Uh, congratulations to the bills. I obviously did not watch the game. Uh, any January 6th vigils in Bozeman? I don't know. Of course we had the one last year where I, I owned all the olds of the nursing home, uh, and broke them of their CNN viewing. Uh, they supposedly they're going to do this on an annual basis. I would be shocked if they do it in a public way though. If they actually show up at the County courthouse steps yeah. again, I doubt it. But if they do, I'll go back. The thing is much like we were talking about earlier, I tried being nice, okay? I tried going in there and I was told it's a free speech event where all perspectives are welcome. I came in with my perspective that I was told was welcome and I did it in a respectful way and they still, (laughs) they sent an old man to cane my friend and they told me to eat shit and die and uh, and all the other things. Uh, Speaking of, where's my eat shit and die guy? I haven't, uh, this guy, this guy told me to eat shit and die. I haven't heard from him for a while. Eat shit and die. That's what he said to my face. And so if there's an opportunity to go try this again, I'll take it. And I don't think I'm going to be like Mr. Polite. Very. uh, The whole point of my, my approach last year was to be very polite and write the most like non-controversial commentary that I could to see how they would react since they went scorched earth on me. I guess I'm going to have to go back and like, I don't know make it a little more aggressive. Now, to be clear again, not going to do anything physical, not making a threat, just saying they're engaging in protest uh, on a public street. I will also engage in protest on a public street though. I haven't heard any plans for a January 6th vigil. January 6th is what day this year? It's a Saturday night. Oh, I was confused. I was like January 6th. <laughs> it's in the name. You retard. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Saturday. So I should theoretically have time to go. It's not a stream night. Uh, okay. I'll keep an eye open for it though. 
All the best, Jonathan. Thank you. Resident of Rivendell. There's a lack of fantasy movies on the list. A distinct lack of fantasy movies on the list, in fact. Next time we reject the list, I'd like Blonde to pick something from BadDragon.com. A list of so bad it's good fantasy movies could be fun. Well, we, I mean, to, to your point, whenever we have a list rejected, we pick good movies, air quotes, as in highly rated by IMDb users. I love movies that are so bad they're good. So... Not me. I don't know. The, the thing is, there has to be some method to the madness. I need to... I don't want it to just be like this guy. Not that I'm saying that's what you're proposing, Mr. Rivendell, but there's got to be a method that's a little more decentralized than just like a guy who likes cringe <laughs> said, check out this cringe spot. I don't know. It's a possibility. I'll think about it. Jacko says customs and border patrol has caught Chinese men crossing the border and doing PLA spec ops rituals. CCP 100% sending sleeper cell suicide units to attack infrastructure and, ma- and do mass shootings if a war starts and no one seems to care. Yeah, that's the whole point. I, I'm not shocked to, to learn that. The, the, whole, the whole idea, we have no idea who the hell any of these people are. And it's not as simple as, um, you know, people of Hispanic heritage coming from Central America. It's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. But a, we assume like... I'm sure the majority of it is people who are coming from poor conditions looking for some sort of better life or some sort of government handout that they can get here. But how many of them are looking to do active harm? Like I want to actively destroy the United States with some sort of attack or something. Guarantee those people are are doing that. Of of course. Of course. AP, our little bunny bear turns two on Christmas day. Can you get a happy birthday? Blonde induce on Christmas. Lol. No, I will do no such thing. It's too uh, early. I'm not even 36 weeks in. Merry Chris, uh, Merry <clears> Christmas, <throat> obviously. Happy birthday to Benny Bear. Although I disavow Benny Bear hearing me wish him a happy birthday. Uh, Aristotle's ghost. Enjoying my favorite podcast duo while, while fighting off the flu. Lucky that Orthodox Christmas is on the Julian calendar. By the way, I'm happy that y'all's parenting saga continues. God bless y'all. Well, you as well. Merry Christmas. Uh, and I appreciate the support for the show. And I hope you get, I hope you get well, obviously pineapple, a potamus. Wait, pineapple, platypotamus, right? Anyway, no, note. he's doing the iBot bit. So I'm just going to say thank you for supporting the show. Very much appreciated. Oh. Emma, I am not going to be niggardly. Congratulations, Matt, and your beautiful baby boy, and best wishes to Blonde with the birth of your darling daughter. You're an absolute warrior in a way that no man will ever understand, lol. That's true. Okay, well, you know. You guys just don't get it. You're very pregnant, so I'm going to opt out of the opportunity to make a joke there about, like, I don't know. Stuff that men do that you'll never understand. Let's leave it at that. Whatever. Weren't you talking about how like this has been so hard on you a few weeks ago, or like you don't know what that, we go? Through? That's what I do to rile up my wife. Oh, you think it? You think it's tough? You should try being me, and then I list all the things that I do. I would. I <laughs> would cut my husband's balls off. I, I, well, I my wife will do no him. such thing because she properly respects and fears me. <laughs> we talk. Oh, well, I told everyone that 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 red eye was from a virus, right? That's what I told everyone. <laughs> the commander 248 for the Wayne County GOP canvassers reminder Antifa docks their children saying 
what high school they went to, my old high school, and that their classmates may take revenge. They certified under duress and sued to uncertify. They were denied. What is it all this about? This, this I don't have any knowledge of this at all. So, so if you're a Wayne County is Detroit in Michigan, GOP canvassers had their children doxed by Antifa saying what their, what school they went to, their classmates may take revenge. Okay. They sort cert, they certified under arrest and sued or yeah. Okay. So, and then these, these canvassers were saying we were threatened in this way. They were denied in court. Ooh. I'm not exactly sure what was going on here, but Okay, so if you're just a canvasser, if you're a Republican canvasser in the Detroit area, they're going to threaten your children on behalf of your constitutionally protected political activity. Good to know, uh, the commander. Uh, all the best to you and your family. It it sucks, man. It's like it's the easy answer is like don't live there, move out of Wayne yeah. County. Yeah, yeah. Lost cause, go away. I also know that if my family had. I, I have a deep connection to this place, obviously. And and this is my, the first generation of my family that's lived here in Gallatin County and, and in Bozeman. And I don't want to leave just because a bunch of jackasses move in and don't, um, don't adhere to traditional American values or the constitution or anything like that. So I get it. Like, even if you're in one of these places that seems like a lost cause, it, you still want to stay and fight for it. And mm-hmm. I think I probably would too, if I had a, a, a meaningful connection to a place like that. Yeah. He also says, I was beyond angry when the media claimed Trump threatened those two canvassers. They didn't care when Antifa threatened their children. My precious Wayne County is beyond corrupt. I hate it so much. Well, all the best to you, at least on Christmas here. Merry Christmas. And I, I, I hope for an improbable salvage of, uh, of, of Wayne County. Godspeed. Incompetent hands. Pray for more sanity and less degeneracy. A weary world rejoices. Merry Christmas to all. Uh, Ignoramus streams. This would be uh, Stephen. Thanks for the shout out on my Rob Smith video. Very much a pro wrestling moment. He walked out of the bar and then came back in filming and smiling. Never threatened once. Never said the N word once. Unfortunately, scammy. (laughs) Scammy Davis Jr. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay uh i don't know it's uh, steven i don't know if you're aware of our our giveaway for the uh hydroponics kit but That's for the good. for the nickname scammy gavis jr you get an entry into that hydroponics kit giveaway for <laughs> sure. oh my god that is funny all the best man um and thanks for the uh thanks for the insight on that moment maybe we can talk about it uh i don't know maybe we can talk about it another time here because i Obviously it's being presented one way. And I saw when I was, I didn't, um, I didn't know until last night I got an email from someone telling me that you had filmed it. And I was looking at your tweets to try to learn more about the story. And so I saw some of the stuff that you had posted and we're on kind of a tight schedule with the Christmas stuff right now. So it wasn't an opportunity today, but um, perhaps there's opportunity to talk about that a little bit more heading into the new year. But, uh, and I saw you streamed about it too. I didn't have a chance to check that out because I wanted to see everything that you had to say about it. I know that's on your Rumble channel. So again, Stephen Ignoramus Rumble channel. If you want the full story of Scammy Davis Jr. <laughs> and what happened there. Thank you, man. Merry Christmas. Uh, Griff Nizzle. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. May 2024 bring all the butt sex you desire. That wasn't even me. I, I mean, I had to say it because he made me say it, but that was not. I am not going to be niggardly. An utterance of my own design. <laughs> Uh, no, Griffin is what we just read. Okay, Das Pooch. Uh, Be silent, woman. 
Die Hard and Gremlins are both Christmas movies. It's okay. You're still tied to my favorite fashy female with M- oh you're still tied for my favorite fashy female with emily yukis oh, and cool. being okay, enormously pregnant doesn't negate the hotness merry christmas you f-word slurs listen if you're sexually attracted to me right now you have no self-respect and that goes for my husband too all right even he's included right. he That's especially disgusting. every time he tries something i'm like i guarantee you banged fat chicks now that that that, that you're trying everything <laughs> I know what's not just what's your body count. What's your fat body count? I have to. Yeah. I I don't care about numbers. I care about BMI. Ah, well, and how many do they count as? Yeah. Like is, is one whale worth like three normal chicks? 10 normal. Oof. Okay. It's kind of an exponential thing then. Chuck E. Cheese. I don't even know where this is from or what this number is. It's Ah. a bizarre foreign currency of some kind. Colorado. More like Kalalamo. <laughs> he used to be a swing state. I don't know. That one is Ew. that one is so bad. I'm tempted to give that an entry on account of how bad it is. But that's not really the rule, is it? I can't give an entry to Kalalamo, can I? Buddy, no. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that. Uh oh, you know what though? I'm Thank you for supporting the show. I didn't mean to sound dismissive there. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have said it that way. I appreciate that. I just like <laughs> Kalalamo threw me for a loop. That's all. I had to make sure I plug in Steven there too before I forget uh, on his um, on his chat name. All right, uh, I think we're all set. Let me give it a quick Thank refresh. Looks good. Good on for Rumble. Good us. on Odyssey. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk uh, over you. What were you saying? Oh, I just um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to make. I I. I can't do this anymore. I wake up every day and I just cry. Uh, Yeah. Sounds like another chick thing. A man wouldn't understand. All right. Uh, We're all set then. Anything else before we're out of here? It's like if you got a prostate tumor that weighed, (laughs) that weighed 12 pounds and it was just sitting on your balls all the time. Don't pretend like you know what it's like to have balls. Speaking of things you can't understand. Don't even. Don't even go. We're supposed to get in the Christmas spirit here to end the show, okay? Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas! On a serious note, both of our families are expanding, have expanded. Uh, That is a product of this show in large part. You know, the the ability to, in my case, find my wife, build our family, in your case, to sustain your family. um, Hugely appreciated. And everybody who is... And because a random listener is actually the one that got me pregnant. (laughs) Appreciate everybody who makes this show a success improbably on a uh, a yearly basis. And this year has been no different Though We will be back next Saturday, of course, uh, um, for a a new year's show on December 30th. Yeah. It's it's that time of night. Anyway, Matt Christensen media.com. You want to find anything to listen to over the holidays. We will be back here next Saturday night, nine Eastern. Merry Christmas and happy new year. All the best to you and yours. Bye, guys.